Alrighty, welcome to My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Oh, episode 45, we're climbing to that big 5-0. If it's your first time listening, welcome. How you doing? Hope you're doing good. Um, feel free to check out other episodes, you know, that may pique your interests um, of guests who may or may not have been mentioned on this upcoming podcast. Um if you're a, a, a true head, if you're up to, you know, you've done all 45 episodes, then I thank you. And, you know, I really appreciate that the hours you've put into this because, you know, if you assume that each one goes for about two hours and it's uh, episode 45, then that's, you know, that's a few days of your life that you've kind of dedicated to the cause and I really do appreciate it. So there you go. Uh, first and foremost... Uh, my age podcast is part of the Podbelly Network, a really cool uh, network of podcasts, and also a ton of information on how to start a podcast. So if you kind of, if you're one of those kind of people that are like, I've got too much spare time on my hands, I really think maybe I should start a podcast because I've got this zany idea that I think just might take off. Um, then you go to Podbelly Network, and there's all this information on, you know, microphones you use and how to set it up and how to get your shit on streaming services and the podcast app and da 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 and um you know as well as that there's also a whole bunch of other really cool podcasts um like the hillbilly horror stories which is mostly a paranormal show hosted by a stand-up comedian a stand-up comedian sorry named jerry paulie and his wife tracy uh they touch on things like you know stories behind your favorite horror movies rock and roll the occult unsolved mysteries true crime creepy true crime all that kind of jazz or, you know, if you're into stuff that isn't particularly creepier, but, you know, whatever. There's Art and Jacob Do America, uh, which they describe as a never-ending road trip conversation about an array of topics by two and a half Mexicans. Um, yeah, they discuss everything from sports, politics, movies, music, conspiracies, and the supernatural. So there's still a bit of creepy stuff in there, but there's a whole bunch of shit. Stephen King stuff, um wilderness stuff as odd as that might sound but if you're into it then you're into it um star wars stuff you know a a, a variable trevor trove of podcasts um so yeah and as well as mentioned in the last week's episode brought to you by the powerful gringo bandito um look in my in my opinion the best hot sauce in the world and you know that's my opinion but a lot of people agree with it which is fan bloody tastic uh, if you're in North America or not Australia, um, you can get it from Amazon generally. You know, throw that into the, into the Amazons and uh, Gringo Bandito in the Amazons. They've got four flavors. They've got the traditional. They've got the, the green, which is really popular. Um, they've got the super hot, which is my favorite. And the spicy yellow, which is close to becoming my favorite. But I haven't had it enough yet because I've only kind of just released it. Um, and if you're in Australia, you can go to blastoffimports.com. Um, and get yourself some Gringo Band Bloody Dito because it's fantastic. And, yeah, I guess that's that's about it for those formalities. Um, thank you to everybody who took part in or, you know, commented on or paid attention to the High Age Album Challenge. So if you didn't, if you didn't see it and you're on Instagram, uh, myself and the two fine Canadian folk, um, Nate and Mike from the High Fires podcast, did a fun little Instagram week-long quote-unquote challenge where we picked seven topics and then people posted photos of albums that kind of correlated to that. So, you know, 
summertime jams, classic winter jams, Australian con- like you know classic Australian content, classic Canadian content, um, and yeah, it was the response was fucking fantastic because we thought about four people would do it and three of them being myself, Nate, and Mike. Uh, but it was yeah, it was huge. Couldn't believe the couldn't believe the response, and in particular, um, a f- band of fine young men down in uh, Adelaide called All In. Um, decided that they were going to jump on board and they were there are four pieces so they all did like the band did a collective post for each member and that was fucking fantastic to kind of play along with as well and I yeah so the song that we're going to put on this week before the actual episode starts uh, is by All In the song is called 86 it's off their three way split which um, I'm pretty sure a member of the band runs the label but I could be completely wrong uh, the label is called Set the Fire Records. Um, it's three. It's a three-way, ten-inch split. That's a big mouthful. Um, you've got a band. Where are we? You've got a band called Feel the Burn. You've got All In, and you've got Brave Out. Um, I'm pretty sure Feel the Burn are from Indonesia. All In, are obviously, from Australia, and Brave Out are from Japan, Osaka, Japan. So yeah. You can check that out if you just throw into the Googles or the Bings or the Ask Ask Jeeves, um, Set the Fire Records. It's a three-way split. They also have a seven-inch, uh, which they released last year, but the song I'm going to play is from the three-way split. Uh, what else is there? That's about it. Nothing too exciting. Um, except for the fact we've got Colin Bible, a.k.a. Bibbs. Uh, he's, pardon me, he's drummed in... If you listen to this, then he's drummed in a band that you, at least one band that you've been heavily into. Um, he's drummed in Crank, he's drummed in Toe to Toe, he drummed in Demolition High Style, he drums in Rocks, he drums in AVO. Um, he's, he's, I kind of mentioned it, but I didn't, I don't get it. I don't think I get it. I don't think I articulate it well enough. Um, I met Bibbs 20 something years ago. <coughs> Pardon me at probably an Iron Duke show when I was underage sneaking into those Iron Duke shows. And even though he's got, you know, a few years on me, um, and he is not a... He's not an imposing person, but he he's not an imposing-looking person, but he kind of, you know, runs with ruffians or looks like, like, you know, back when you're 16, 17 years old sneaking into the pubs, everyone looks like that. Um... And, yeah, like, Bibbs kind of, we hit it off for some unknown reason. And over the last 20-something years, we've kind of, yeah, I've just looked up to him as, like, a, a weird, not, I say weird, and then I retract it, so it's going to sound odd when you hear that again in a few minutes. Um, an older brother who, like, went to war when you were growing up and then kind of came back but didn't move back into the house and you had this relationship with him that was like really sporadic but when you when you hung out it was just you know it was just a great relationship but you didn't see him all that often but when you did it was unreal so that's how I view Bibbs um he's a fucking gentleman and a scholar and he's his musical tastes are just just astronomical you know they're just unbelievable and the song show it and we do something special in this episode which yeah I thought was pretty cool because, um, yeah, he's got some stories to tell. I think I'm rambling. So, look, um, let's do All In with 86 off their three-way split on Set the Fire Records. 
And then after that, let's talk to Bibbs. Cool. Uh, with me right now, face to face, which is always a really enjoyable one. Um, I've got a guy I've been mates with for, I'm going to say, a bit over 20 years. Um, he's been like the, a weird, not weird as in like weird, but like a distant older brother who I kind of jumps in and out of my life every once in a while. Um, you'd only know him as Bibbs because pretty much that's how everybody knows him as. Bibbs, how you doing, mate? I'm good, man. Good. It's good so to be here. I'm very excited about this and uh, like... The stories are going to flow, flow thick and fast. So I'm really, ex- I'm really fucking excited, actually. Yeah, so am I, man. I'll be looking forward to this. Sick. Um, so let's just fucking let's just jump in. All right. Tell us about your early. Tell us about your parents' early years and their kind of background and how you came into the picture. That's a, that's a good one because, uh, I'm called Bibbs because my surname's Bible, right? Okay. Which yep. is an old English name. That moved to Ireland so my father's side is from Ireland and they were it was based on a medieval name which was B-I-B-E-L which was little Bib son of Isabel which was a maternal surname because in the 12th century or something all the kids or all the all the boys were fighting and dying in wars yeah and the family names were getting wiped out so they changed it to maternal surnames wow so uh little bib yeah was son of isabel and and it was isabel was owed to baal so it was a a pagan name so they were they were (coughs) into uh yeah paganism owed to baal you know the god of baal i don't know what what that represented i'm not too much into my (laughs) paganism (laughs) uh and anyway they moved to ireland from england and then they came out here in 1850. Uh, they were proddies, actually. And my dad's great-grandfather came out in 1850 with uh, a woman called Bridget 
What brought him, what brought them out here? They wanted to get married, and she was a Catholic, and he was oh, a proddy. Right, <laughs> and, didn't uh, go down well. And he came out with his three sisters, and one of the sisters' friends was Bridget, who was a Catholic, uh, and so they came out here, they, and they, yeah, they they grew up in uh, Cashel, in Ireland, and came out as proddies, and there was no way they could have got married over there back then. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they came here, and. Uh, Sort of settled in Ultimo and then Maitland. So I've seen their graves. It's pretty cool. Up in Maitland? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's my dad's side. On my mum's side, wow. <laughs> um, I'm half Latvian. So, okay. I'm, so my mum's, uh, I'm Snow Wog. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Latvia up in the Baltic Sea. Um, they were there. Oh, God. For, for I don't know, centuries or something. Uh, their family name was Galus, which is uh, a cock, which is a rooster. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. Come on, <laughs> come on, let's out of the gutter. Come on, guys. Yeah. So yeah, Galus, and uh, they escaped Latvia at the end of well during World War Two. Uh, they'd be Latvians were first invaded by Russia, then Germany, then Russia again. And uh, so when the Soviets were coming, when it's towards the end of the war, they, my grandfather was a, um, was a, <coughs> was a postmaster. And anyone who was in uniform at that time was on a NKVD list, like a, a KGB list at that time. Yeah, right, okay. So if you're in uniform, you were, you're gone. And the neighbours said that you're on the list. So overnight, my grandfather, my grandmother, my mum and her sister, my mum was about uh, probably f- four, five years old. Okay. Um, they got out of Riga, the capital of Latvia, and they got on a, uh, on a, a hospital, German hospital ship and went to Danzig, which is Gdansk now in Poland, and they got on some trains, like cattle, cattle trains, down to the Bavaria, and then the war ended when they were in uh, in the Sudetenland, uh, like which is a Czech Republic now. Yeah. When the war ended, <coughs> oh, then Bavaria. My grandfather got tuberculosis and died, and so he was buried in Memmingen in Germany. And so my grandmother, who was thirty, two daughters, nothing. They had they had one crate with the padlock. I've still got the padlock. It's great with the with the combination and everything. Still know it. And they came, they came, they got on a, they got on with UNRWA, which is like a UN thing for displaced persons, basically refugees. Yeah. And the Australian government was big on bringing people from the Baltic out in in the 50s. So, but in the late 40s, my mother and a sister and a grandmother and my my grandmother lived in uh, basically displaced persons camps in Germany, Czech Republic, around there, in Bavaria. And they got on another boat, they got another train to Italy and then from Naples got a boat out to Australia and came out in 1950 to Fremantle and then Melbourne and then to Sydney. Oh, no, not Sydney, Melbourne. And they were in, they were in a camp in Benalla for about three years. Yeah. It was an old, old army camp. 
And then they were in, oh, they were in Benalla for a little while and then on Cowra. They lived in Cowra for three years in a, a, a displaced persons camp. Fuck. Yeah, it's full on. How, how long's the boat trip from Italy to WA? Oh, a month or something. And it was an old, um, um, probably a month, probably six weeks. And it was an old converted, I looked it up, it was a converted warship, World War One warship, and absolutely fucking covered in asbestos to stop fires. Yeah. And my mother passed away eight years ago from asbestos and I reckon it was from that. But that's another story. But, yeah, yeah so they came out. My, my grandmother's first ever English she ever learnt was prevent forest fires. And that was a sign she oh, saw. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> on a fucking, yeah, now's a good time to say yeah. it. You know, on a, on a thing. And she used to read comics because you could got, you got the English with the, the, with action, the, the actions. Yeah. So she'd read comics and she learnt, you know. But she stood, yeah, she was, she was great. That's she she lived till ninety four. She was she she only passed away in twenty ten. So she was she was great. So I always thought, mm. not to detract from your mm. story, but I always thought Fibs yeah. was like a, a <laughs> nickname that kind of came out of a fucking wild night where you were so messy you needed a bib or something. <laughs> nah, it's just no. bibs. It's just yeah. like short for Bible. It's yeah. just like in high school or, or primary school bibs. That's bibs. My cousin. Same surname. It was Bibes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Bibs, Bibs, Bibs. Um, you know, and, and over the years it was just, you know, Bibs, you know, Bibs. And it's just, hey, Bibs. And then when people really pissed, it's, oh, hi, Vince. No, it's not fucking Vince. It's Bibs. B-O-B-S. So I'd be introducing myself. Oh, it's Bibs, B-O-B-S. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it's just, you know. And now, I mean, and my first name's Colin, everybody. So, Colin. Um, uh, uh, Named after the greatest bass player in the world, Colin Grigson. Colin Grigson <laughs> played a fucking bass, man. <laughs> Remember when I yelled that out to you guys? Yes. <laughs> There's someone who fucking knows it. Yes. There's someone who knows it. Wait, how could you not? Fuck. Well, yeah, yeah. So, that's, so I'm half Latvian, half Irish English. And uh, yeah. That's fucking that's, wild. Uh, so how'd your parents meet? Ah, uh, so Nan and mum and mum's sister... Uh, when they they met a um, Nan met a, a Yugoslav a, a, a displaced person as well yep. in the camp in Kaura and they anyway basically they moved to Glebe and they they lived in a house in Glebe with another three fucking families or four families and you know, it was a full chaotic thing you know everyone owned one room sort of thing in Glebe yeah. in a big terrace house and. <clears throat> so mum grew up in Forest Lodge Glebe and my dad grew up in Leichhardt and he, his dad was a, a veteran from World War Two from uh, New Guinea and there was something, uh, you, you could you could buy the house that you were renting at the yeah. time after the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he actually um, went for one of those veteran loans and he was a couple of days short of qualifying for this loan yeah. so he ripped his badges off and threw them in the fucking bin as he walked out of the, the bank and disgust like, my dad still says to me you should claim those badges you know the, the medals yeah and um i just haven't done it yet but yeah so he, he was a real unionist uh working class he was a brick lab by trade he was a sergeant in the army so they lived in in leichhardt just in uh, orange grove so he saw combat no, he was an engineer. Okay. So he didn't see combat, but now I don't know if this is an urban myth, and I asked my dad this and he, he just shrugged his shoulders, but I heard a story that, and I just don't know, it could be an urban myth, but I heard a story that they were washing 
in a river, on the side of the river, and they're all nude. And then they look over the other side of this massive big river and there's Japanese dudes doing the same thing. And they saw each other and they all went to reach for their guns and they just realised, we're all nude here. <laughs> and sort of looked at each other and just slowly finished washing yeah. and slunk back and off into their yeah. respective jungles. Yep, yep. Now, I don't know if that's an urban myth, <laughs> but it's a fucking good story. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He didn't see combat, but he, he was fucked up from it. Like, Dad... Yeah. Uh, Dad I see my dad every Thursday, and, he, and even last last night, last Thursday, he said uh, he's against anyone in uniform. Like my dad wanted to join them. There was down the down the local end of the street. There was a hall, and it was the uh, the Air Force version of the cadets. And my dad wanted to join. There's like a propeller on the wall, the Australian flag, and the Queen, and all that sort of shit. And the old man went, "No, nah, you're not joining it. You know, it's it's fascism. It's you're not you're not." You're not going to be a pawn in the big the man's army. He know? he had the turn once it was finished, or was this like later on? This was life? after after. It, L- like, but sorry, it's like straight away. Like after he got out of <coughs> war, did he have that like yeah change of mentality? Yeah. Or? Yeah, 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 just just hated it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, he signed up in the 30s during the depression so he could uh, provide for his kids. There was three kids and a wife. Yeah, and so he signed up at. Marrick, where Mar- the markets are in Marrickville, that was the old, that was the army base. He signed up there in Addison Road there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fucking wow. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, I'm highly impressed. It was, on, it was on New Guinea and Thursday Island. Okay. Yeah. I'm impressed with how passionate you are about your history because, like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't tell you from my... Yeah. Yeah, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's just... I got told... I remember being in primary school and my mum and dad telling me where mum came from and I was fascinated. And then I told one of my friends that my mum lived in Czechoslovakia at the time and I got picked on by this friend and he goes, oh, your mum's a Czecho or some shit like that. My mum went burko and pulled this kid aside. It was my next door neighbour actually. Yeah. said, you know, learn your facts and yeah. don't don't abuse people from where they come from, you know. And so, and I've always been brought up, and always, always been brought up with um, no prejudice against people from other countries. Yeah. So that's great. It's just shaped shaped my life like that, you know. Yeah. Even as I talked to you today before, as as you get older, you get a little bit more right wing as you get older and lazy. Yeah. But I've never, I've never been racist. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I've never got. You know, I've said dumb things, but I've never gone. I've never hated someone because of where they come from. Yeah. No, and I mean that's how I was made. It's, it's a fucking yeah. amazing trait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So props to your parents. So for yeah, that one. so yeah, so that's, that's how they. Oh, so how they met. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So um, they were at a dance in Leichhardt at the Palais Theatre, where opposite the Forum now, um, and uh, the old the old man used to drink. They'd drink at Petersham Inn, and go across the road and talk to the birds, and go dancing. You know. <laughs> And that's how Dad met Mum, and uh, and the, the boys used to race their cars from Leichhardt Town Hall to Balmain Town Hall because there was no no traffic lights in the f- in then, and there was yeah. no no population, and yeah. and oh fuck, they, they had some crazy crazy stories like they 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 all had this car, one car, and everyone owned a piece of it. Yeah, a percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone owned the diff, and someone owned the gearbox, someone had the engine. <laughs> And the, and one of the guys got drunk one night and went out and took the car, 
uh, was an FJ, two-door FJ convertible with Ford fins on the back of it and down, wrapped it around a pole in Perry Street and killed – they died or something. Fuck. There's three guys in the car and they put the, – one of the guys that died, they put him in the driver's seat. So they all got – they got away with it sort yeah. of thing, you know. And my, my auntie, my younger auntie told me a story. She said she went to go to school the next day and the bus stop on Perry Street and there was a bit of brain on the, on the, on the fucking seat. And <laughs> yeah, it's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Great <laughs> racing from, yeah, it was real, real um, American graffiti stuff. Like, yeah. mum and dad loved that movie with that. Because that, that, um, it was there. It was, yeah. yeah, but they hated. They hated the happy days thing about the fifties. They said nothing was ever happy in the fifties. In the yeah. If you got someone pregnant, that was it. If you yeah. if you got left for dead, if if the husband walked out on the on the wife, that was it. You know. Yeah. So my, I'll never forget my mum and mum saying the fifties weren't fun at all. You know, and it wasn't like that. But they, then they liked American Graffiti, which Happy Days was based on. So I kind of you know. Okay. So that's how they met. Was there much music? Like, mm. gr- like growing up or were they kind of heavily into well, it or... Because <coughs> what happens is usually you've either got parents who are all about it and it's like it's all-encompassing or they're... W- what's been described on an earlier podcast is like music to them was just like wallpaper. Like it's just there. It it's was whatever. It was just there but a little bit more. Okay. So mum remembers the Beatles coming out. Well, yeah. Did yeah. she go? N- I think... I heard a story that she got her nose broken in a crowd Jesus. by some girl, other girl's elbow, but I don't think it was at the Beatles and that. But Dad Dad, Dad saw Buddy Holly. Okay. He saw um, um, Bill Haley and he saw Frankie Lane uh, at, at the, the stadium down at, at um, Rushcutters Bay. Uh, and... They had a rec- lot of records at home. So there was always music and Dad was right into – Dad was uh, an electrician. Yeah. And uh, he was right into his hi-fi and he had headphones and he had his stereo system and the that. System, and yeah. he told me this the other day. He had this Shura cartridge. Um, and I, I can just remember this. I must have been about four. <laughs> and he, he'd, he'd saved up for like a couple of weeks for this – cartridge for his turntable yeah. and apparently I just walked up and went wow because <laughs> it was yellow and yeah. smashed it like a bee. That was like a toy. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and I, knew, I could just remember it and we were laughing about it a couple of weeks ago and it goes I took me months to buy a new one and I was barred and I remember um, I wasn't allowed to run in the house because I didn't make the record skip. Yeah bump yeah yeah. Yeah I remember that because it was before carpet. Yeah. So, so dad was into his hi-fi big time. Yeah. yeah and, he, and he got me into headphones and 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 I remember being an early teen just laying on the floor with headphones on listening to music uh, while they were watching The World at War or fucking yeah, yeah. 60 Minutes or something. So what were they into? Like obviously just classic American, well, yeah. Americana rock? Or? They were into... Uh, um, mum was into um, uh, Frankie Lane, um, um, Sinatra... Charles Aznavour. She was into Charles Aznavour, yeah. <laughs> and dad dad was into jazz big time. Okay. Yeah, like Herbie Mann. And um, and then he was into the really early electronic stuff, like popcorn and all that sort of weird shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was electronic, right? right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they yeah. got – they were 
and but they were, they were really open-minded and it's going to lead me into the first track. Let's do it. And it's Los, Pan- Los Trios Panchos and it's this song that they used to play called El Burro and it's got a donkey sound in it. And uh, But I just remember it, um, it'll be on... on It'll be on and, and da- mum or dad would do the, do the donkey thing. You'll hear it. It's fucking hilarious. I really had trouble doing this set because the other song was Frankie Lane who did Rawhide. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. But, but he had this other song called, um, uh, you know, uh, oh, Bullet in My Shoulder, Blood Running Down My Neck. Anyway, but anyway, we're not playing Frankie Lane. We're going to play Los, Los Trios Panchos. Before we yeah, go on there, yeah. what, about, what was it about Frankie Lane? I don't know. I think mum might have said to dad, oh, I like Frankie Lane. So he went, yeah. oh, went nuts and bought the record and we went, went yeah. let's go and see him, you know, yep. you know stuff like that. Yeah. So repeat, because I do not remember what you said. Repeat that song title again. That's El Burro, El Burro Socorron from Los, Los Trios Panchos. Fucking, that's yeah. so sexy. It's really <laughs> cool. But it, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's the world, man. <laughs> let's do it. Fucking A. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> wild. 
what the fuck were they doing to that donkey at the end? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> giving it a red love. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it'd be a, a 70 summer and the old man's just come in from mowing the lawn in thongs and a pair of stubbies. <laughs> I, I just, I can't get my head around how an Irish descent and a Latvian descent, mm. how that comes into their universe in yeah. 70s Australia. Yeah, well, 60s. Well, yeah, well, yeah 70s know, when 60s I was... 70s, 70s yeah, yeah. I was born in 68, so... Um, yeah, that would have... Yeah, so... But... but yeah, yeah. But they, they hadn't travelled then, so yeah. that was that was their only way of exploring the world was through music, you know? It's so, fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, eh? Yeah, it's that's that so uplifting and happy. Yeah. And, you know, and my mum would be doing... The, I, I, I can remember this. It's just... Looking up and seeing my mum at, at, at the, the kitchen bench and she'd just turn around at the... <coughs> and we'd be all laughing, rolling around, giggling, laughing and she'd be giggling because I'm giggling. Yeah, and, it's infectious. You know, yeah, you know, and she, she's only <laughs> like 25 and I'm four or something, you know. That's yeah. fucking red. Yeah, I thought, I thought it, and it couldn't... It's so not a parent song. Like, no. I, I, with greatest respect to all your, some of your previous yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. when... when um, when I hear, oh, yeah, you know, a bit of Zeppelin and, yeah. you know, which is totally cool, a bit of Deep Purple, um, I had that choice or, or Frankie Lane and I thought, yeah, yeah. You know, Let's go with that yeah, one. Yeah, Why wouldn't you? I've always had a bit of comedy. I've <coughs> always yeah. got to, you know, make some bit of laughter into it. Yeah, yeah. It you know. makes the world go around. Yeah. So where <coughs> did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, it was called Old Toon Gabby at the time. Okay. And yeah, now, yeah. now it's called North Mead. Okay. So Parramatta pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Well, Half there and then half in Glebe okay. where Nan lived. So we'd go to Glebe for a couple of nights or yep. mum and dad would go in for the weekend and I'd stay at Nan's. and yep. So, yeah, Glebe and, and Western Suburbs. And you're one of three? No, two. two I've got a, six, uh, a sister who's six years older. Yeah, right. Totally awesome. Her name's Kerry. Cool. Yeah, she's Shout a... Kerry, what's happening? Kerry cares. How you doing, mate? <laughs> Looking awesome. after those kids. She's <laughs> a preschool, preschool director. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So... What yeah? What's life like back in those kind of times? And it's like was I feel like old tune Gabby. Obviously, it's not anything like that now. But like that, pretty much would have been like beyond the outskirts of Sydney, where it was all just rural. Yeah, it was semi-rural in when they bought the house. Yeah, in the late sixties. Yep. When I grew up in the mid seventies, there it was. You could go down the creek, catch frogs, get lizards. Yeah. Come home when the lights come home. Go on, come on. Yeah. You know, there was no no Uncle Dodgies down the road yeah. or anything <laughs> like that. You know, no no guys doing burnouts or anything like that. And yeah, you, you, you'd, I, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, catching tadpoles and all that sort of shit. Living that. And then, so what were you doing? Yeah. How come you were coming to Glebe? Like, just to well, mum and dad wanted to go out for dinner or something, yeah, or, right. or going to town because mm-hmm. and go to go to go to dinner and um and. Uh, I'd go to Glebe and, and, and stay with Nan and we'd watch movies and yeah, she, and she'd cook dinner and I'd watch her cook and go, oh, yeah, that looks cool. And, yeah. You know, and we'd eat Latvian food and... Yeah. <laughs> That's unreal. So what, I guess the next step kind of, the next <coughs> evolution in it all um, where we take this is like what's the, what's the trigger point for where you kind of realise music was more than just... So we're watching you know, TV. Yeah. And we... we it got to the stage, it's so 70s, fucking great. <laughs> Mum set up the ironing board yep. in the lounge room, lowered, and the three of us, the four of us, the three of them, dad, 
my sister and mum would sit in front of the ironing board, in front of the TV, and I have I had the footstool because I was really little. Yeah. I had the footstool and the poof and sat on that, and that was my table. And for five years, that's how we had dinner. Yep. And I remember watching TV, and there's two two classic moments on TV at the time. One was about 1975, and Angus Young showed his ass on TV, and it was it was mental. It was like it was, it was like nine. It was like nine eleven. Yeah, it was yeah, right. fucking. You know, he showed his bum on TV. You know, and and, and were they up. playing live? And he did. Yeah, yeah. Was, and it, yeah. I think it's part of their act. Right, yeah, right. Think, right it's part of their act now. <laughs> yeah. You know, <clears throat> so that was about 75, 74, 75. So I would have been about six or seven. Yeah, you know? and I'm just going. Oh yeah, and my sister was. My sister was in the musical. We had you know countdown and yep. bandstand and. Uh, <clears throat> Sounds Unlimited with Donnie Sutherland and so we'd always we always had those shows on <clears throat> and uh, my sister was riding to Sherbet you know, you know Dale yep. Braithwaite and yep. Sherbet Shirley uh, no Sherbet Daryl Braithwaite no Shirley oh who no no Sherbet Sherbet Shirley was in Skyhooks oh sorry yeah I my bad fucking yeah, hate yeah. Skyhooks yeah, right. put that on the record <laughs> <laughs> Julie noted yeah and that, that fucking Red Simon's yeah, dickhead yeah that's you know. right um, anyway, we're, this is positive. So, <laughs> so my sister, I, 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 I remember there was some sort of um, kerfuffle going on one morning and my mum was going berserk and my sister had gone to a Sherbet concert at the Horden Pavilion and then the next day in the, in the Murdoch Press, or the Daily Mirror it was called at the time, the afternoon paper, there was a photo of my sister on the front page and her best friend Mandy's like screaming with their hands in the air, and it says "Groupies go wild." And my mum went bananas. Please tell me you've kept that. Please I tell me this. I, 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 it, it's all in a Manila folder okay. in, a, in a big envelope. Yep. So my mum rang up, found out, rang up John Laws. Uh, good, you know, yep. <laughs> went bananas. Man with the gold and then found, yep. and then Darren Hinch was the manager of Sherbet at the time. So she got in touch with him. Go, my daughter's not a groupie. My twelve-year-old daughter, you know. Went bananas, and so they sent out a big promo press pack, and yep. you could meet the band afterwards, and Dale will shake your hand and everything, and all that sort of shit. And I thought this, this is weird for dudes that play music. And my sister loved the guy who played drums, you know, like okay. Alan Sandow. And I thought, oh, why? why under why? You know, he's got big arms, and you know, <laughs> I just it was just a thousand things going through your yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. And then I think one in the early seventies. My mum and dad went to pick my sister up from the Horton Pavilion and I, I th- it was like a big gig there, like Sherbet and Bay City Rollers and, yep. and ACDC and, and Stevie Wright and the whole, the whole mob, you know. And I just remember seeing people going crazy. And I, was, I was really young, very, very young. And I thought, oh, this is, this is weird. So, um, yeah, so they went to that. And then um, my mum had a, a half-sister a bit younger than her and she lived in Glebe at Nan's house and she took me to a gig at Victoria Park opposite the Lansdowne Hotel at the, in the pools there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ACDC, it was in September <laughs> 1975. So I was seven, I think, or, or eight. And I sat in a tree and got covered in fucking sap and watched ACDC um, and Stevie Wright play on the roof of the toilets 
that was the stage, and you can see, you can find it on the internet. I saw it on, uh, I saw the set list there, and that was my first thing, and I clicked it with Angus showing his ass on TV. I went, this was fucking cool, you know. And, oh, and you saw you saw them having. I saw went, the oh, band. That's that guy. That's the band. <coughs> yeah, right. And so, my nan used to give me a dollar a week pocket money. Okay, that's and a lot I of sa- money back then. Uh, well, yeah, and I saved it up six weeks, and it was six dollars. And I bought my first album and it was ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, when it just come out. So it was their third album. And, and that was my very first, it wasn't my first record, my first record, like adult, not adult, fuck. The first record record I had was fucking the Flintstones, all right? Yeah, so of course we, we all yeah, of course get it, right, right? My first tape yeah. was the Chipmunks, what yeah, are you going to yeah, do? So, yeah, right? But do? my first seven inch was Ted Mulry Gang, Jump In My Car. Okay. And my dad made me a turntable, right? He made it. He made the, the wood oh, right. and everything. And, and dropped something dropped into it. Dropped it on the... Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, yeah, didn't put a bottom on it, right? So one in my teenage years, I had it on my lap once and I plugged it in and... Ding! He shocked the shit out of me. Yeah, but that's another story. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> so, yeah, so I put ACDC... To, yeah, bought my first album. It was a bit rebellious. The bum on TV, the hoo-ha, the whole lot... You know, and then only two years after that, three years after that, I remember seeing Sex Pistols at the same spot behind the ironing board dining table watching Johnny Rotten and just going, that is awesome. Just the red hair and just people just going bananas because people were doing something. They weren't doing anything like hurtful or bad or anything. It was just, it was not right. Yeah. And I thought... That's great. That's just awesome. They're not hurting anybody and they're not, they're not, yeah, it's just like you're, and, and then I put, you know, bits together and go, people are getting upset and angry over other people just looking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And having a good time too. Yeah. Like they weren't, and, 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 yeah. and so back, and back in the 70s, you didn't have many teen mags or, or, or glossy. You had, you know, uh, newspaper uh, like Ram and um, uh, what's the music? Like street in, press stuff. Yeah, it was street press. Um, oh, what's it, Duke and Ram and, and other other like they were, they were like street press. Yeah, but you could buy these things called music books. So when an album would come out, they'd have these music books, and and have on the the cover of the music book would be the cover of the album, but they have photos of the band in there, and then they'd have all the music of the the songs yeah. translated into music, and I still can't read music to this day, but they'd have these photos of the band. So you'd buy these music books so you could see the, your band yeah. members and so yeah. you'd have Bon Scott and Angus and Malcolm Young and Phil Rudd. I'd go, oh, yeah, Phil Rudd, that's the drummer. And, and, and you'd look at their tattoos and go, yeah, man, that's cool. So you'd buy all these music books. Yeah. Before we go too far, yeah. talk me through, because that show sounds pretty fucking wild. It was. What was what was it for? Like, was it two SM? Yeah, free concert. AM radio. Because there's no FM then. Yeah, it was AM radio. It was two SM who were who were the coolest radio station in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, two UW and two SM and and that was it. So it's just a free concert. Yeah, just free concert. Yeah, and so that whole park was just packed. And I remember there's no toilets. Yeah. I remember I had to go to the toilet. Well, they're playing on top of it. So yeah, well, yeah. and they're actually behind the fence in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, so, so in the park, 
Uh, I, I remember my, my uncle taking me around the back of a, like a, it was a, some brick substation or something and I had to do my business there. And I swear I saw Molly Meldrum there, really drunk and really tanned. Probably. <laughs> and you would have been in the mix. Probably with a couple of boys. Yeah. And <laughs> a couple of mates. <laughs> yeah, a couple, yeah. couple of mates, you know. Um. Yeah. So, have we got a song to kind of... Yes, we've got... Encapsulate um, that. We certainly do. We've got ACDC, Live in 1978, uh, Problem Child, yep. because that song was on Dirty D's Done Dirt Cheap. And I remember my mum saying, you are such a problem child. You are such a problem <laughs> child. And I'd, you know, you know, laugh. So, yeah, so that's that. Fuck yes, let's do that. <laughs>
that was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> that song was fucking fantastic. 70s. Listening to that. Yeah. And then uh, I picked up on the drums. So yeah. I, the snaps of Phil Rudd's snare and cymbals at the same time. Yeah. Just pricked my ears up. And yeah. I went. And then I was, I was down at a, a local house down the end of the street. It was a, this sort of rough rough sort of family. They were cool, real cool. I, I sort of met my first ever, like, crush down there. And, and, and I think my sister went out with one of the, one of the brothers down there for a while. And um, I remember one guy had a snare drum and he was just playing ACDC records and he was just playing on the snare drum. And okay. Went, that, was, that was it. Yeah, that 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 I reckon that was that was my earliest memory of wanting to play drums. At what age? Like same seven, yeah, yeah. eight, eight, mm. or, probably eight or nine, probably ten, maybe, and that was it. Drums, 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 drums. Yeah, just drums. You know. So before I interrupted, sorry, mm. before mm. you were going, on, you were talking about this. Not going on. You talked about the Sex Pistols. Mm. Where? How did you see them in Australia? As in, like, was it? It was just on TV. Okay. And it was just on the news, and it was like just, yeah, right. Just, so it was it was, it, it, was around, it was it was the anarchy in UK. No, it was uh, not, and it was uh, uh, pretty vacant video clip. Okay, I remember seeing it on Current Affair or something. Were they like were they like was it was it a story of like hey this is what's happening in another country or was it like this is the fucking this is the wildness that's happening in um yeah that's it was what, the jubilee yeah, in seventy seven when they so with Richard Absol- Branson on the boat. Yeah, and it was just like, how dare they do this? You know, yeah, it's the Queen, and, but, and, and so Australia was so into the Queen. Then. Yeah, yeah. But that was, was the like, that was the angle, the story. It wasn't like here's this fresh new band. Da, da, da. Oh it's God, like, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. It, it was it was the the next apocalypse. Yeah, it was like the world was going to end. So how could you say that about the Queen? You know, and and they're swearing. And what and, year and was that? 76? 70, 77, That okay, was. Yeah. So yeah, so I was I was nine. <clears throat> so. Yeah, so I remember seeing that. But I had on my wall, um, I, uh, I've seen photos of, of, of my bedroom at the time and there's, there's photos of Kiss, Sex Pistols, ACDC, um, what else, what else? Was, was stuff yeah. your sister was listening to trickling down as well? No, like, I know, yeah, only as hate. Like, oh, right. <laughs> so she was into, she was into Sherbet. Yep. And, All right, cross him and off the sky list. Hawks. Yeah, cross him she off. didn't like Bay City Rollers, so I'll give her that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just thought, no, nah, I'm not going to like it. She, she liked chocolate. I liked strawberry. Yeah. You know, she liked tomato sauce. I had barbecue sauce. Barbecue, yeah. It was just like, no, nah, she liked <laughs> Devon. I want salami. That's so it good. was like, I had to be different. Yeah. You know, there's six years between us, and, and I love her dearly. Yeah. yeah. But we did not grow up together. Yeah. Well, at, at that yeah. age, it's, it's <coughs> yeah. at that age and that kind of I was of time, the annoying little brother. Yeah. It's yeah, absolutely. It's your worlds apart. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then I was also very short. Right. <laughs> I'm all right about it. <laughs> and my surname. So I, I got bullied a lot. So I was just yeah. in getting more introverted and introverted. So I thought, well, what am I going to get into? So I got into horror comics and making model airplanes, and then. Playing drum like drums and and ACDC and and a Kiss, I got right into Kiss. Yeah, and Alice Cooper, I was right into Alice Cooper what, big time. What came first, the Alice Cooper Kiss thing or yeah. the horror comics? Same time. Okay, because because yeah, right. Alice Cooper was horror. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I associated Alice Cooper with the makeup, and that it was a Kiss. Yeah. And then uh, the lightning bolts with ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> and then and the music, and so I just bought 
I bought all the ACDC records with my money, pocket money. Yep. And I gave them to my cousin in, when I t- got into punk rock. You there, fucked them all and off. and yeah. he got into Christianity. So oh, I reckon good. they're not around <laughs> anymore. Original they Albert got, label fucking record. Crushed yeah. by a fucking oh. like a bonfire yeah. satanic. While panic. I was listening yeah. to Striper or something. <laughs> yeah. No, and that is the honest truth too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a sad story. And then I just bought Kiss record. Oh, I've got more than a Kiss. Been around end of primary school. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So how? So you you said the bit like <coughs> the ways you were taking music was, was it two SM? Yeah, yeah. And you'd listen to you'd listen to the top the, the top forty, you know. Yep. And the, they used to import the the top forty from America anyway. So yeah, okay. Casey Kasem was top, you know top forty. Oh, so it would be would it, would it be US top forty? <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd listen to that, and you'd cross cross off the list, and you'd go into the, you'd buy a record, you yep. know, and you know, and you'd uh, the Sex Pistols in '77 was number one, but it wasn't on the list. It was you couldn't buy it, like you, it wasn't because it was just a blank. It was blank. Yeah, yeah, was, they just left know, it blank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fucking mind blowing. Yeah, I didn't buy my first Sex Pistols record until I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. So in in like late high school, year eleven. And what was what was your parents' vibe with? Like, did they look at? Did they like? Obviously, you know, you probably they, in the seventies, you get, like late seventies, you look at Sex Pistols and go like, that's like, oh, that's... well. Before you know. that, I was in, I was in a Kiss, so okay. th- and they were pretty supportive. So, because um, I was focused, I wasn't when I wasn't focused on stuff. I'd, I'd get up to mischief with my cousin, and we'd we'd fucking light fires and fuck <laughs> around and 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 um. Just get up to mischief. We actually got banned from each other for a while. And Keith, if you're listening, mate, uh, we just didn't know. <laughs> 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 Keith, my cousin, lives in Townsville. He's an arborist. He's a legend. Keith Bible, everyone. What's up? Yeah. So um, we we just we were just uh, we just and I had a chat with dad, my dad, recently about it. I said, Dad, I'm really sorry about all the trouble I, I caused, you know, and I just didn't understand responsibility. Didn't How, understand what yeah. you that if you do that, this will happen. The consequences. It's just no yeah. idea. What so, would you? You know, we, we were just lighting fires, not to try and burn shit down. Well, it was just, it's fun. Yeah. You know, we. <laughs> See how big you can get them before you. Oh, yeah. no, we'd get mower, like mum and dad would sleep in or something. Me and Keith would get bored. So we'd put mower, get dad get in the mower fuel from dad's garage and throw it in the pool and light it and then ride our BMXs. Into the pool, into the fire, like thrill seekers. As it's like, as the, as, as the it's burning. burning. And then mum, mum's making breakfast, and she's like, Ken, Ken, the the pool's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of tiptoeing. And get Colin's in. riding into get it, in, you know. And there's tire marks on the fucking bottom of the pool, you know, from us trying to ride our bikes out of the fire. And there's a you know a film, you know we didn't know there'd be film a black film around yeah. the at the edge of the pool <laughs> that mum would have to clean off. You know we had no idea we were fucking idiots. And my brother-in-law, my sister's now her husband, he worked for a bus company. Um, he was a mechanic for a, at a bus company, so he'd bring home all these um, bus inner tubes, and we <laughs> we used to fucking get in them and roll down the street or um, use them as tra- mini tramps and yeah. just, oh, we killed ourselves. It was crazy. We'd jump off the fucking roof into the pool. And, what yeah. was your dad's response when you recently apologised? Uh, he goes, that's all right, son. I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I was like that with my dad too, you know. It's part of your role as a kid. That's why I don't yeah. want him. Well, that's... I can't <laughs> go through it. I can't, I can't, I can't go through it. Yeah. Just like... the. My dad said to me once, like, the police had just left the house. (laughs) (laughs) 
right? And he had a tear in his eye. And, and Amber's heard this story a million times. And he looked at me and he goes, son, I thought I put my old man through hell. And he had this tear just went, blink. And he goes, Hollywood, blink. And he goes, but you take the cake. <laughs> and I was good from then on. Yeah, okay. I was bibs from then on. Something kind of clicked. Yeah, I was 16. Uh, I just got busted still on a push bike because my mates told me to do it. And like and from a shop or something? Nah, left some poor kid left it yeah. out in the front of an oval who we knew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we made some bullshit story up and, you know, it was, oh, it wasn't us that stole it. was some guy that was hanging around us and everything. And then we had the whole story set and the coppers did the usual thing. They interviewed me and I told them the story. And they went down to my, one of the other accomplices and they said, Colin's told us everything, you may as well tell us the truth. And oh. they just went... Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and just luckily that the parents of the, the poor kid that we took the bike from said, we don't want to press charges. And well. It was pretty embarrassing for a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. So... Sorry, where were we? Punk, um, punk's obviously, you see that, you, oh, you hand all your ACDC and yeah, basically rollers records off to your Yeah, and I got in a kiss really heavily and then they came out in 1980 and I was in, in year seven in high school and so um, mum and dad took me to the kiss concert with a mate wow. and, and it, that was pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> at, a, at a, like a, the Horton? Or it was at the, ho- at the showgrounds okay. where Fox is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and they dropped us off and they went, went, went out for a Chinese meal. And and then uh, and they came and picked us up and, and that was, that was good and it was pretty funny and got a kiss and then uh, and then I was in high school and there was that that period between year year eight and year ten where you just don't have any idea of so music. So before you go on, you're still at. I'm um, in year seven. No, no, you're at you're still living in the same place. Yeah, at in, Toongabby. in Toongabby. Yep. You went to Pendlehill High School. Yep. Um, that was fun. Fuck, I hated school. Yeah, I fucking hated it. I've got I've got people that have come up to me from school recently and said that was the best time of their life. And I just looked, I just my jaw. Are you fucking kidding? You know, what's it say? I mean, you and I haven't we even touched some of the stories I could tell, right? And and this guy's saying that was the best time of my life. Yeah, fuck, dude. You gotta get out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Get a passport. You know. Yeah. So, was there? What was the kind of evolution past um, Kiss? Like, was there something in between Kiss and punk rock, or like, or what got you from Kiss and ACDC to punk rock? We can. Well, I didn't didn't in. get into punk. I was in, in year eleven. Okay. And a mate, <clears throat> uh, uh, sort of. I knew him right through high school, but we were never friends. But we became friends. His name was Bruce, and we. Uh, his brother was a skinhead and he was in a skinhead band called um, CI32 or, or, or CI5. Okay. CI5, they were a Sydney skinhead band. They were pretty big at the time too. And so he got me into the Sex Pistols. And I knew about them, and knew, yeah. you know, from the, t- from the TV and everything. And so I bought Sex Pistols records and got into it and I just – and then I just got into questioning everything and just going, don't believe in anything. You know, and, and it, just, it really, and I was in, I was sixteen, yeah, sixteen. So I was, it just shaped me. Yeah, just, okay. I, I just didn't believe, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was also, um, 
the Cold War was in full effect in the in in, oh, in the mid mid eighties. Yeah, so it was yeah. all it was all nihilistic. It was all we're all going to die in a nuclear war anyway. So, yeah. So, so what's what, the matter? Why, why should I fucking learn algebra? Yeah. You know, we're just going to blow up in a nuclear war anyway. Yeah. So you know, and it was just like fucking. The bombs s- are going to drop. It was just going off. Yeah. And, and it was hardcore. And I've I've still it drives my wife crazy because I still watch the History Channel on Cold War stuff because. I don't know. It's just it's calming for me now because yeah. you know, and it's actually if we really want to get serious about it, it's actually worse right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so and then then Bruce put me onto um, a radio show and it was Triple J. Not and I've talked to people about it. It wasn't Double J. It was Triple J. It was nineteen eighty four, and on Thursday nights they had a punk program for ten thirty at night. Okay, and I heard just everything. UK subs, exploited, one-way system, uh, subhumans, sex pistols, and then they had little interviews with punks and skinheads in the street and and they had stories on Chaos Day in, in Hamburg and you'd hit you'd about punks and skins fighting and, oh, it was the best. I was just going, fuck, this is awesome. Oh, I, actually, just before that, I'm really sorry, everybody, in the history of the world, but I got into U2 for a little while. Okay. Um, I, I got into um, uh, Boy and War, and uh, I didn't even listen to fucking Super Tramp. I was right in, and ELO, so a bit of prog rock there. Right there. What, what were the hits on Boy and and War? Uh, I will the... follow. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I will follow. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good song. Still good song. Welcome, welcome uh, yeah, it's probably yeah. the only song I could probably listen to. Okay. Because I fucking hate you too. Yeah, oh. um, but. Yeah, and, and yeah, live at Red Rocks was probably the last thing I listened to with them. Yeah, and I got right into Midnight Oil. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at that time, the uh, um, the album Ten to One was yeah. on the charts for a year. Jesus. Yeah, and it's a fucking great album. And Head Injuries, I still don't own that record, but you know, I listened to it online and that, and I just remember seeing this bald dude. Oh, and then um, going a hundred percent full. Million circles ahead. The band I play in now, when they started in the se- late seventies, they were playing, and Midnight Oil were playing across the road, and they were going, "Oh fuck, there's a skinhead band across the road," you know. Oh, they're singing political right, stuff yeah. in it. So the guys from Rocks, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll get that later down the road. So, <coughs> where, where, how old were you when Ten to One came out? Like, kind of, where does that put you? It was probably about uh, fifteen, sixteen. Were you... 84, wasn't it? I thought it would have been 16. Okay. Were you... Yeah. Um, did that kind of it gave bring me to light, like, political... Yeah. Like, political yeah. punk that's not, like, fuck the system, yeah. but, like... It was, yeah, the other side uranium and, 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 and smart shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it wasn't... Shit, it yeah. wasn't um, I never got into the Angels and, and all that pub rock that much. I was just... Yeah. I just... I liked the big guitars and that. And... and um, and these guys are talking about indigenous stuff, and yeah, and, and I, yeah, we we just weren't taught about Aborigines. And, no, you know, well, I, st- I said word Aborigine then. Who says that it's Aboriginals or, or, yeah. or Indigenous? You know, so yeah, or native, yeah, or native. We we just weren't taught that, and so I learned a lot from from Garrett and, and those got those guys, and yeah. and I loved that guitar sound. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that metallic guitar, not yeah. metal as in heavy metal, but that metallic, that yeah. Huskadoo-ish. 
you know, and, and you the must real have, bright snare sound. You must you know. have, yeah, I was about to say the drums must have been a huge influence because it's y- it's a it's, yeah. And watching Rob you know. Hurst play was pretty interesting. Like yeah. you know, some, sometimes he, he can he can he can really pull it off. Yeah, and and show it off. And and then and the funny thing was, I've I've, I've had three lessons in my life, yeah. right? <laughs> and the, the snare drum that I learnt on and was given to me. Was uh, one Rob Hurst snares? Oh wow! Uh, so in the yeah, so that's fucking yeah. right. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my Tama swing set. Yeah. So when did you so start? When did you start drumming? Then was that like? Did oh you God, no, we're 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 so not there yet. Oh right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, right. So I was in, got I got into punk rock. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, um, I really like the way they dress and everything. Yeah. And, so, and and um. I, I wanted to play drums. Yeah. I always wanted to play drums, but I never had a drum kit. I couldn't afford it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I always had the chopsticks. And <laughs> pots and pans. And the pots and pans. Yep. And they had Venetian blinds as symbols. So if you, if you go to my dad's house now, you look at the Venetian blinds. And they're, they're, they're fucking dense. I was at Madison Square Garden yeah. playing Kiss Alive, Alive 1, Alive 2, you know, doing the drum solos. Oh, my mates. <laughs> my mates. Um... And when we were in high school, we'd, we'd dress up and put makeup on our own designs. And we had a band called Meteor. Meteor. And Meteor yeah, oh, fuck yeah. Oh. This is great. This is awesome. <laughs> this is therapy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we'd, we'd go and we'd, and we'd play, we'd, we'd make a, a mixtape of Kiss Alive and Alive 2 songs and yeah. we'd mix them up. And we'd dress up. He had, one of the dudes had fucking cricket pads covered in foil. So like yeah, Gene yeah, Simmons yeah. Boots, yeah, and, boots and we made yeah. guitars, we jigsawed guitars and covered them in broken glass and, and, and shit and dressed up and I had fucking drumsticks with firecrackers on the, on the drumsticks and, and I'm playing on a, on a rolled up tent for a snare sound and, yeah. and I remember pl- we were doing it one night and the neighbours were all looking over the fence just laughing at us, <laughs> all these 12-year-old awesome. fucking dudes with black towels as capes and makeup on fuck yeah there is a photo it's all it, there is a photo of it and it's just hilarious you need yeah. to get that too yeah, so yeah, i can put it in my folder of the life and time yeah. of dibs <laughs> yeah so that was that's about as close as drumming as it ever got and then when i was in From high school years, yeah. i pretended that i could play drums <laughs> right like and you know and everyone thought that i could play drums but i never had a drum kit yeah you know, could never do it you know yeah so yeah then got into punk music and um when i'm then uh, moved out of home when I was 19. Yeah. Yeah, into a unit in... Uh, before we, yeah, before yeah, we go yeah. on, so yeah. you hit you hit punk, mm. it's playing on Triple J. Yeah, loved or, it. Yeah. And then I started going to shows. Yeah, so where was that all happening? Where were you? Were yeah. You, when was like, were you mail ordering most stuff? Or no such there? thing, no. Right, right. We went to collect records in Parramatta. Okay. And, and opposite the station. And uh, I remember seeing all these bands like Exploit, and I bought Troops of Tomorrow from Exploited because I loved the cover, and I bought GBH City Baby Attacked by Rats because I liked the cover. And then what you'd do is you'd, you'd read the thank you list and you'd see the bands, yep. and you'd go, fuck, I'm going to buy that band. Or you'd see the T-shirts that the band members were wearing and go, okay, I'm going to try that. I'll, so I'll buy a Voivoid record, I'll buy a Discharge record. And that's how you, you do it. So who was, who was running Collect Records at Parramatta? That like don't know. was it? Sorry, let me dude. rephrase that. Was it a section, or was it like a utopia where it's like it's it's every like it's what they did? Was it a specialty shop or was yeah, it, like, it was specialty? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was import records. Yeah, right. Just, yeah, yeah. And, so you did, and an album was twenty bucks. You didn't go buy Abba's greatest hits or whatever the fuck. No, it was like I, I did. I hadn't bought a record for five years because yeah. I didn't know what I liked. I remember trying to make a mixtape once when. 
was in year 12 or year, year 10 and I was going through all the records at home going, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Oh, Jesus Christ, superstar. No. Saturday Night Fever. No. Yeah, Grease. No. Um, Smash Hits. Fucking Ripper. 78. Yeah. No. Uh, Divinals. Okay, cool, but yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Euro Gliders. No. Fuck no. It yeah. just, just... I just I remember I do remember that just going fuck I don't like anything I yeah. don't like anything and then probably a couple of months later and then as I said listening to that punk program and then I went to my first punk show at the Harold Park Hotel oh yeah. and it was a band yeah. called uh, Joyful Killing who were sort of skinhead band uh, a punk band from Seven Hills called Chaos and the C H A O S was Cannabis Hashish and Overproof Spirits. Yeah, there's a classic T-shirt of a <laughs> kangaroo. Uh, it was yeah, they were a great band though. Um, I had ten bucks and I got blind, with a couple of schooners, a twoies. Yeah, and I remember seeing <laughs> some. There was a fight. I saw someone get glassed, um, and then I was out the front of the pub talking to this massive big punk called Hardy, and. He was huge, but he was 16, only 16. And, okay. and no one hassled him because he was massive. And he and um, I said, oh, I just saw these guys get glass someone else. And he goes, oh, who was who it? And I pointed and he, uh, these skinheads across the road. He goes, don't fucking point. <laughs> and he pulled my arm down. Yeah, right. I'll never forget that's <laughs> my first. He goes, don't fucking point, you know, because they'll come over. And So that was, that, yeah, so that was that my noise. first punk show. And I remember, so, go, yeah. So I've got one, I've got one question that will sound... Highly naive, but when you say they was like you know punks versus skinheads, mm. was it skinheads as in like racially motivated skinheads or was no, it no not no 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 it was just skins and punks and the skin and and, and they'll just these guys are probably only 17, 18 anyway yeah, yeah. and they'll just huge and I just wanted to punch on you okay. know? and there's, they just thought the skinheads at that time thought that the punks were were a bit I don't know. Feminine looking, and there was, there was a lot of guys. A lot of guys at that time had like haircut like the Cure and shit like that. So, oh, it was, it was, so this was eighty four. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of hair gel. Yeah. And a lot of they weren't. There wasn't many hardcore punks. Now, so it was more now, like when you say it hardcore, like, it was more like new wave kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Versus punks, or well, no, no, just just oh, sorry, guys or? dressing up. Yeah. And doing their hair up, but not going all the way and shaving their sides of their heads. Yeah, right. That was for the hardcore punks, right? Okay. So this was before hardcore. Yeah. So you had hardcore punks, like guys that lived in squats and had mohawks or spikes and that. They were fucking hard dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who eventually died on heroin anyway. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you had these skinheads who would go... To, they were skinheads so they could still get jobs and they were working. Yeah. You know. And they were just punching on, just knockabout dudes, just... Punching on, you know, and yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, I was only 16, 17, you know, and it was pretty scary. And uh, and I went to a, I went to one show at a pub called the Honest Irishman in in Broadway in Glebe or Camperdown. And I remember walking in and I thought I was just be like the other gigs. And I remember seeing a few familiar heads. Yeah. And I just remember a bunch of skinheads looking over and just like pointing and pointing their mates and that. And I just fucking said to my mates, I'm out of here. Yeah. And we just snuck out and just fucking hoiked ho- at home, you know. Yeah. Because, th- like, I don't know there was what... No, it wasn't racism, though. It was, yeah. just, it was just guys punching on. It was just okay. fights and fights and fights. And, and a lot of bands got banned from venues. Because of the violence. Because of the violence, yeah. yeah. When did... Not to harp too much on it, but when did, like... 
a racist element come into it? Like for that kind of music, like was there I didn't ever a see it till about I didn't see it till about eighty eight, okay, eighty nine, you know. Um, but before that, you had the you had the punk metal crossover in eighty seven. Before yeah, that, yep. so DRI come out in eighty seven. Yep. And just late eighty six, there was a band from the western suburbs called Mortal Sin who played oh, yeah, Metallica yeah. type infamous, stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Gra- and not infamous. Yeah, yeah, great band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was also uh, thrash metal, Slaughter Lord, the first yeah. Australia's first first thrash metal band. Yep. Uh, they played with some punk bands um, and other metal bands at a, sh- a couple of shows in Petersham, like uh, bands with massive append- called Massive Appendage, uh, Death Mission, and then uh, Hard Ons would play. Yeah. Right, because those guys were from the, from the suburbs as well. Yeah. And so you had these punk bands, or punkish bands, more, more Ramonesy punk bands, yeah. playing with metal bands. And so you... The punks and the metal kids would get on, you yeah. know, and you know, metal chicks were hotter than punk chicks, <laughs> you know, and nicer. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and, and and then DRI comes out with fucking the, the album crossover. It was just made to happen. And yeah. so when DRI come out, everybody was just unified. Right? Yeah, and, and, and it was and it was awesome. And around that time, that probably that that skinhead generation. Oh, I don't know. I can't talk for the, for those guys. I don't yeah. know, but. You know, the, you had the British National Front coming out in, in the late 80s. and uh, When you say coming <coughs> out, do you mean like becoming more apparent in Britain? Well, the na- yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and then the Aussies would copy that, you know. Yeah, so the yeah, National right. Front, what they did in Britain was they, they got, they infiltrated the skinhead scene. Yeah. And, and, and fucked it for, and made it racist and, yeah. you know, and then you had bands, bands like Screwdriver and all that coming out. And, yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't see much of it, I, except um, when I went to Canberra for a DRI show and it was a big brawl down there because um, DRI got on the radio on, on before the show and said, uh, if anyone was to come down and cause trouble, come on down. And <sighs> Red rag to a bull. Yeah, and ah. there was a, lot of, there was a lot, of, lot of Canberra skins were a bit right of centre. Yeah. <laughs> a bit, bit left to Genghis Khan, you yeah. know. <laughs> And so it was just like a fucking red flag to a bull, and, yeah. and there was a massive riot and a fight, and, and um, I remember I, I hit some some guy over the head. I've, I've told him about it. <laughs> I hit some guy over the head with a cymbal stand and cracked his head open. And were you playing? Yeah. You weren't playing. No, you no, I was just hanging out with Mass Appeal and and and, and, yeah. and um and DRI at the time. Yeah, went skating with some of the DRI guys and <laughs> took acid. <laughs> took acid. Went skating around Parramatta. It was fucking great. That's All right, yeah. before we get too far ahead, yeah. let's um, yeah. let's pick something that kind of sums up. I guess, you know, yeah. the, the, so the theme is yeah. for this part is like songs that your parents would have gone, what Yeah, so fuck? so this song's from a band, a, a Canadian band called Subhumans. There was yep. two Subhumans at the time. There was yep. an English band and a Canadian band. And I remember um, this song being played on the, the Triple J Punk program. Okay. And I remember the announcer back, back announcing it and he goes... And by the way, uh, one of the members of the subhumans has just been uh, imprisoned for trying to blow up a power station, nuclear Shit. power station. And I just went, "This is great!" Yes. And, and and the song, the, the song's called uh, "Fuck You," right? Which is just, I just thought, this is on the air, like we, yeah, the chorus is, "We don't care what you say, fuck you." Yeah. And uh, I just thought, this song, this is just awesome. It's just like, fuck, tell everyone to fuck off and fuck you. And then this one of this guys. 
from the band gets arrested, gets imprisoned for trying to blow up a, a power station. Put his money where his mouth just was. Just anarchism. And I'm just going, yeah. fucking yeah, I'm 19 and fucking fuck the world yep. and all that. And uh, well, actually, in a band that I was in later on in, uh, called AVO, we were actually going to cover. We, you know, you're in a band and you want to cover a song. Yep, yeah, yeah. And you pick a song. You know, each band member gets to pick a song and. I picked that, but we never got to do it. And I was talking about it with Tomo, one of the guys here, the other day, and he goes, yeah, that would have been great. I <laughs> loved it. So, yeah, so this is the subhumans called Fuck You. I can't even imagine, like, I can't imagine hearing that on the radio nowadays. I mean, not that it's, and not even taboo or whatever, but, like, the yeah. subhuman song. But, yeah. like, to hear it in yeah. the night, like, the early, late it 80s, early 84, 85. Yeah, right. And then, and then the back announcer going, and one of the members just got uh, put in jail. And I looked it up on Wikipedia recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah he tried to blow up a fucking power station or, or a company that was supplying... Parts for nuclear weapons or something. Jeez. So, and that was me all over. Just yeah. Cold War kid. Well, this is great. This is <laughs> fucking awesome. And then they had another story about Chaos Tag, which is Tag's German for day. So it was Chaos Day in Hamburg every year, and it's just punks and skins fighting, and they're interviewing these punks and even these skinheads. And I've got still got it on a cassette. Yeah, and it's fucking gold. She's like. Uh, we want to punch all the punks in the face until they cry. And, and just, yeah, just great. It's just great. And, and you hear, and it was all um, water cannons and fucking tear yeah. gas. And I'm just going, this is awesome. I want to be a part of this. Was it an annual event or was it like just yeah, a one? Yeah, chaos day every, every day, yeah, uh, every year. And, um, and then we, 
in Sydney, there'd be these anti-nuclear marches. Yep. And there was a show on on Saturday mornings called Beatbox. Okay. And, and on, from um, on ABC. And they'd interview punks and skinheads and metalheads and people become, who became my friends, actually. You'd see them at shows and you'd yeah, go, oh, yeah, yeah you're on Beatbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, like, so when you talk about this, all I can envision is nosing around on the young ones. <laughs> like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Just yeah, camera, yeah. microphone. Tell 100%. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that SBS dude that used to walk around the streets fucking interviewing people. Yeah. yeah. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. So I always want, so I see bands, I go and see bands, yeah. and, and then I fuck, I want to do this. I, I want to play. I want to be up on the stage. And and, and and when I used to listen, when I was a kid, listening to live albums, I go, fuck, I want to be that. I yeah. want to be on stage. I want. I, it wasn't for chicks or anything. I just, I just wanted, wanted to play in front of a crowd, which is really weird because I, I'm, I'm I am actually quite introverted. And, yeah. And I, I, I still get nervous a lot. Okay. Right. Like, if I'm not nervous, something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. I feel I completely understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, I've got my. You're about way. to get blindsided by something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if it's like when you, when you first start playing in a band and 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 you really think it's going to be a great show and it's going to be awesome, it's never. It's yeah. not going to. You know, it sounds good on stage. It's shit out front. It's oh, just it's complete opposite. It's, it's so hard to explain that concept to people. <clears> but like I like, whenever someone says to me, "Oh, you know, how was the sound on stage?" I go. It was fucking woeful, which is a good thing yeah. because it means it's great out the front. Yeah. If I if yeah. I get a good sound on stage, yeah. I am fucking nervous yeah. that we sound like ass out the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sick. So, so yeah, so I always wanted to be in a band, but I, I didn't have a drum kit. I didn't have the talent. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do have a funny story. <laughs> Here we go. So I'd moved out of home and I was living in a unit in Harris Park in Parramatta, and and. Everyone thought I could play drums because I was always talking about you it. You talked and just it bashing up. around and yeah. I, had, I had drumsticks yeah. and I was always drumming on the couch. And uh, I was a friend with a guy called uh, Nick who was playing bass in this new band and we went and saw them play at a band comp at Macquarie Uni. Oh, yep. And they won. And it was you and I. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and I met Tim and, and he goes, oh, what's it sound like, Bibbs? And I said, oh, it was a lot of treble, but it sounded great, you know. Yeah. And, and I had a great time and... Really, really, really nice guy. Still is to this day. And their bass player was Nick. And then one day Nick comes over and goes, oh, "I want to ask you a question." I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Do you do you, do you play drums?" I said, "Yeah, I do." And he goes, "Oh, um, Tim's kicking his brother Jamie out of the oh, band. <laughs> do you want to join you and I?" And I went. Nah, I can't, man. I, I don't have a drum kit. And I, there's no way I could have played anyway because yeah. I couldn't even fucking play. So there's a story. Yeah. So I always wanted to be in a band but I, I didn't have a drum kit. I didn't have the talent. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do have a funny story. <laughs> Here we go. So I'd moved out of home and I was living in a unit in Harris Park in Parramatta and... and Everyone thought I could play drums because I was always talking about you it. You talked and just it bashing up. around and yeah. I, had, I had drumsticks. Yeah. And I was always drumming on the couch. And uh, I was a friend with a guy called uh, Nick who was playing bass in this new band and we went and saw them play at a band comp at Macquarie Uni. Oh, yeah. And they won. And it was you and I. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and I met Tim and, and he goes, oh, what's it sound like, Bibbs? And I said, oh, it was a lot of treble. But it sounded great, you know. Yeah. And, and I had a great time and... Really, really, really nice guy. Still is to this day. And their bass player was Nick. And then one day Nick comes over 
He goes, I want to ask you a question. I said, what's that? He goes, do you, do you, do you play drums? I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, oh, um, Tim's kicking his brother Jamie out of the oh, band. Jesus. <laughs> do you want to join you or my? And I went, oh, no, nah, I can't, man. I, I don't have a drum kit. And I, there's no way I could have played anyway because yeah. I couldn't <laughs> even fucking play. So there's a story. I record every week. What Before you <clears> go, <throat> what was <clears throat> the um, – was it because it like – Poison and Warrants and that, Motley Crue were not, the new thing? No, nah, we weren't even... That wasn't even on our no, radar. For not, never know. To, for not... Like, for Punk to be, like, you know... This was underground still. Yeah, there okay. Was, it yeah. was still... It, it, dudes in the street didn't... They thought Punk was with the Sex Pistols. So right, okay. Th- the, this was not even... The Punk program had stopped even. Yeah. So this was nothing. So I, I was an apprentice... And I just saved my money. All I wanted to do was backpack America and go and see bands and buy records, right? So, Before you go yeah. on, so what made you want to do that? Maximum rock and roll. Yeah, that's what I thought it was so, going to be. Because so like, I had the, like I didn't backpack America, but mm. I have the same kind of yeah. you know draw to that. Yeah. But that's because I grew up with the internet. Well, like, we, we had no internet, yeah, so what, obviously we, we, we had pen pals. So we right. would just write, uh, we would write and write and write letters, and we'd buy, I'd buy. Now I was, uh, uh, we'd buy an album, a couple of albums, and we'd swap them. Yep. You know, and then we'd review records on Maximum Rock and Roll. We'd buy Thrasher and Maximum Rock and Roll at two mags. How how were you <clears> getting Maximum Rock and Roll out here? Um, like was someone Phantom buying, Records. Yeah. Right. So they were just they were just getting it in. Yeah. Or the, Waterfront after that. Yeah. And yep. then uh, Red Eye. Okay. And so you go on payday. I, I go to Red Eye Records. <laughs> I go to Red Eye Records, and the the person that worked there is very, very big in the promotional industry now. She, um, they worked there, and they say, yeah, go pick your records, and I'd come back with eight records, and she, they would charge me one for one record. So every month or two weeks, I come home with five records yeah. and so I started building my record thing up and then like what we talked about before you'd you'd read the thank you list about the bands yep. that that band had played with and you go oh that might be cool I mean yeah. you'd buy some clunkers yeah I mean yeah you're you never know. going to get 100% success rate with that yeah, yeah but and then you'd and you'd write to the bands so I, got, I was writing to a band called The Accused from Seattle yep. and they were, they were fucking just fast and aggro and screamy and they, they used to be, they used to be half those guys used to be in a band called the Farts, and the bass player. Oh, the Duff McKagan. Was Duff McKagan? Yeah. So it's all. And they were on. And they were on. Uh, what's Jello's label? Alternative Tentacles. Yeah. 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 And so I write to them, and and I'd send. And then there's another band called Sloppy Seconds. So a little poppy band. The same Sloppy Seconds has been going for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. I, I I wrote to them and. S- and sent them hard on seven inches, and they'd send me Sloppy Seconds seven inches. Okay. And then. And then uh, I'd write to people overseas and that. And then I'd put an ad in Thrasher and an ad in Maximum Rock and Roll. Um, open-minded punk, young punk, um, can pay his own way, looking for accommodation, you know. And I couch surfed. I went to the States for two months and couch surfed. So I went to LA for two weeks. Yeah. I bought a rail pass from Amtrak and you could go anywhere you wanted. Okay. For in a month yep. anywhere you just ring up and say I want to go here 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 so I'd catch Amtrak trains from LA to um, San Diego and and I'd meet people there and 
go to shows and buy records and <coughs> how much yeah. how much time did you because like you know a letter a letter to, like a letter from to and from in correspondence that way yeah would have been fucking nightmare like two weeks yeah, yeah. yeah so how much time did you have to put in before you were like okay I can I think I've got enough beds to stay with like I was crash nah, or whatever. it was it was ongoing I'd ring up my parent I'd be in San Francisco and I'd ring, yeah, my, right. ring my dad. And say, did any mail come? And he'd open the letter and go, oh, there's a guy in San Diego who said you can stay at his house. Here's his phone number. And I'd write it down. I'd ring this guy and he'd pick me up from the train station and I'd go to his place. I mean, that could have been fucking murderous, but some of them were Dungeons and Dragons fruits. Yeah. It was was great. And and so – and that's how I met met people who are part of my life now, you know. So so it was – Went to San Diego, LA, San Francisco. I was in San Francisco staying at this house and um, the girl that lived there, her best friend was a best friend of Fat Mike's wife. Erin Burkett. Yeah, Yeah. Erin's. Yeah, and so I met them and they picked me up from the house and took me to their show and I met NoFX and hung out with those guys and then I went there the next night for an MDC show. Yeah. Saw MDC, and I had a hard ons t shirt on. And Dave Dichter from MDC said, Oh, we toured with those guys. And I said, Oh, they're friends of mine. And MDC, all my friends. And then I uh, went to Chicago uh, and went to a show. It was at the Cubby Bear, and I saw Life Sentence, Sloppy Seconds, and Poison Idea. And I saw uh, when, I, when I walked up to the uh, B.A., the singer from Sloppy Seconds, that I'd, we'd never met, but we'd written to each other. And I had a heart on his top on. And yep. I said, oh, hi, I'm, I'm just travelling around. He goes, you're Bibbs. <laughs> and I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I got a photo with him, you know. Yeah. And, he, and, and, and he introduced me to all his bandmates. He was so excited to introduce me to his bandmates because we used to write to each other. And we swapped, swapped seven inches. I sent them the on's girl in the sweater and they loved it. And, yeah. And, he, and they sent me, you know, I'm so fucked up and... Just, you just make friends like that, and then then, then I met Poison Idea. Now, before you go on, yeah, how much is a how much is a flight to the US return? Like, it's the same. It was eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, right. When my, I was, was twenty one. My twenty first birthday, my father said to me, he said, "What do you want to do? Do you want to have a party?" I said, "No." Nah. I said, "I said I just want to go on with money." Or so he bought me a ticket. He bought me a return wow. ticket to LA uh, for eleven hundred dollars. That was my twenty first birthday present. That's insane. Yeah. It was cool, it was a fucking great person, and it's still the same price now. That was in 1990. Holy dooly! Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So then I went. I was in Chicago, and my mother's aunt from Latvia. So my mother's father's sister. Yeah. Was living in Michigan. Okay. Um, and so I went and part of my recuperation from couch surfing for two weeks yeah. i went and stayed there and in yeah. a bed with a yeah. shower well yeah but a tiny little farmhouse yeah on the great lakes and oh, but before that i was in chicago and so i saw poison idea and i always loved poison idea you know and the drumming was hooked me yeah. you know and i always wanted to drum like the slay hippie right so i went and i watched and i watched him and i went fuck and, and, and you know when you watch someone play something good they make it look easy yeah yeah yeah. racing car drivers they make it look easy yep. you know there's yep. no aggro there's no sliding 
the greatest drummers in the world look like they're just yeah. cruising. You know, I can do that. I There's can do that. Second gear, whatever. Yeah, and I, I don't know what's yeah. with guitarists and bass players. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same. You know, and, and I remember watching him. Just go, fuck, this is great. You know, and then I sort of got well I was after the show. I was hanging out with Jerry because um, we talked about the hard ons because I had that hard ons top on, yep. and they just toured with, with with the hard ons, and so we had a common thing to talk about. And he took a photo of me, picked me up and like a spear tackle. And, and there's a photo of me and he's holding me, a, a, like, like bench pressing me, but yeah. standing up. And um, we'll get back to that yep. later. <laughs> <coughs> so after the show, we're hanging out at the back of the, the club and the pub shuts and we're opposite Wrigley Field. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we're in a back laneway of the pub. And these skinheads turn up and they're starting fights and smashing bottles and me and Jerry are drinking malt liquor at the back of the pub and he goes so what do you want to do you want to stay and fight or do you want to fuck off and drink some more <laughs> and he sort of looked at me and shrugged his shoulders because he, he could probably throw them <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I just went oh I don't feel like fighting and he goes oh, I've got no, no medical over here yeah, like, I don't I just, need that noise <laughs> and, goes, and I just went and, and, and I remember when I, as I was saying he was, he was sort of nodding yeah. going yeah it could have gone either way <laughs> It would have been down for whatever. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, okay. And and then I was got on friendly with their road crew and their manager and all that. And then I went and visited my aunt as I was talking about yep. my aunt for two weeks and recuperated from travelling because she was, you know, so hard as a 22-year-old with nothing, no commitments. <laughs> yeah, nowhere to be. Yeah, 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 real tough. You know, doing it hard. Um, I noticed that I was meeting a friend in who's still a close friend of mine in New York City. She lived in, New- in Manhattan. Yep. And uh, Poison Adele were playing at, at ABC No Rio. And I thought, fuck, I'm going to go see him. So I'm walking, I walked down to go see him. And it was in the afternoon. And I walked past this, this van. And the door opens. Babs, Babs. And it was the guys from Poison Adele. They didn't know anyone. Yeah, right. And they only knew me. Yeah. From fucking so they're, they're from Portland. They're from Portland. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't know anyone. And, the, and Jerry wasn't there. And they're going... Have you, are you with Jerry? I said, no. I'll, what would I'll, I be? Yeah. yeah, what the fuck? And, and, and um, they go, well, I said, what happened? They go, well, this was a Saturday afternoon. and was, We played last night and it's on the video. He, um, he had a big night. He's smashing glass, cut his face open and, and set the fire extinguishers off with his fire breathing. You know? yep. And he went back to a party and partied. Yeah. Um, with, you know, heavy drugs and stuff and went missing. So I'm sitting in the tour van next to Pig Champion <laughs> Squeezed a, in there. Yeah, squeezed <laughs> in there. And I was ne- actually next to him and he's just drinking straight brandy. Like Jesus. Just out of a little medium bowl, just drinking fucking Jerry, you know, we haven't heard from him. We know, we're we on in three hours or two hours, you know. The next thing you know, he just, there's this bit of a commotion and then they flash the headlights and Jerry's just standing in front of the van just goes, what, 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 what? And he, he, he was fucked. He was covered in bandages and shit. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. And then after the show, I helped him load out because, you know, you just do. You yeah. just want to help, you know. And I was fanboy. And uh, I remember the road manager gave me uh, the mating walls and VHS cassette. He goes, Bibbs, take that. Don't let Dave, the manager, see it. But, yeah, you take that. Here's a T-shirt. Thanks. You know. That's fucking Yeah. Great. It was really cool. That's fucking, that's fucking great. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess this mm. ties into the next song. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is weird because I, I, I didn't even mean it to, but um, you, you wanted a song that, that, that uh, 
Well, just you know, yeah. the, the you, you've just gained your independence, and like, what yeah. a way to do it! Like, you're 20 and you're in the US, and I'm looking at my, one of my favorite drummers in the whole world. Yeah, a big influence, and I just seen No Effects. It was another big influence on my drumming. So it's like, you so uh, Smelly <coughs> is to me, Smelly is the ultimate drummer. That horse riding like, beat. Yeah, but who looks like yeah. he's just like he could fall asleep at any minute, but yeah. he's actually yeah. fucking going yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. and and. And I remember when they came out, when NoFX came out in 94. Yep. And uh, they, we had a barbecue at my house and, and they came over and, and we, we, we cooked and, and talked. And I asked him, I said, how do you get that? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I take a couple of couple of links out of the chain with my, my kick pedal. So it's it's a less of a, a, a action. I never did it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that, was, that was the time I realised to, to use one pedal. You can do it with one pedal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've always had two pedals. Okay. But I only hardly ever use the second you know, one. Yeah, yeah, so I've always been pretty proud to be able to just with the one pedal. Anyway, so watching watching Slayer Hippie play and just making it look so easy. So I picked um Gone for Good from Poison Idea because this song's just it's just so brutal and it's it's my style and it's I use this style in bands like AVO down the track. Yeah. So yeah, it's gone for good. So, you come back from the US. Yep. You came back. No, you got yep. no job. Yep. I was in. New You're 22 ish. 22. Finished my apprenticeship as a civil drafter and uh, just got back. Had no idea what I wanted to do. What was the. We kind of chatted on it earlier and you were kind of, <coughs> you know, hinting that punk was quite unquote dead. Like, well, you know, yeah, not, it was you know, not yeah, dead, ab- but yeah, 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 and you had it, you had, it was all it was all Chili Peppers and um, Faith, Faith No, no More. More, yeah, and Living Color, yep. and Slap Bass, and um, all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, and you probably you probably had glam metal then, but I, it was just so far out of my life. I just yeah. had, uh, Guns and Roses were, were still going, you know, um, all that sort of shit. But I just so wasn't, and Nirvana and all that was starting up. Now, yeah, I remember Bleach. Some friends had bleach, and 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 I remember seeing some Nirvana seven inches when I was buying records in the states, but it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. And actually, when I was in San Francisco, it's very very funny. This um, or, or, or irony, the, one of the guys that lived in this house in San Francisco, he 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 was away for the weekend, and he and uh, 
it was a Monday night and, and he goes, hey, Bibbs, how's your weekend? So, yeah, good. I went and saw some bands and, you know, and probably the, when I went and saw MDC and all that. And he goes, yeah, I, I just got back from Seattle and uh, it's really happening up there, man. I reckon you'd like it. I reckon you, you, there's a lot of bands. And I saw a band called Tad. Yeah. And, and, and I, I didn't mind Tad, actually. Yeah. And, and this was, so this was uh, April 1990. So Seattle was just kicking off. Yeah, and it was I, about. I probably would have seen. I probably would have saw the spark of what happened. Yeah, you know, but I couldn't give a fuck. I just wanted to see bands and, and, and like Poison Idea and you <laughs> know, I wasn't into guys in flannelette shirts. I grew up with that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that that was weird. And then and then yeah, I came back and I was hanging out with some metal guys. Uh, well, but, sorry before yeah. you go. What was happening musically in Australia? Like, was were the hard ons still? Yeah, like hard ons are still going. You had uh, Mortal Sin was still going. Okay. Although I thought going through a bit of issues, Metallica had just come out in '89. Um, but yeah, everyone was starting to do that fucking slap bass shit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> but well, it did open my mind a bit, and and I, and I started listening to bands like Rush. Okay, and, and, and I was listening to the drumming and and and, yep. and, um, and, and, and opening my mind a bit. Yeah, but I still want, I still still listen to my staff, and I'm still making tapes and yep. you know, uh, and then you yeah, just try try to get a job and I I, I, got, I was really lucky. I um I got a job with the guy that taught me how to draw draft. He used to work down at Darling Harbour when they were building Darling Harbour in the 80s and they, they needed a drafter down there and it was really good money. It was $1,000 a week and it was 90 in, bucks in, in, what, no, in 1990. Jesus. And I just went, oh, I can't do this. And he goes, just go down there and do what other dudes have done. And if they don't like it, they'll tell you. It was for latent contractors. And I went down there and got a job and worked 10-hour days and made a lot of money and just kept buying records. <laughs> <laughs> never, 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 never made a meal for a year or two. Just, just bought Constantly dinner. And just, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I should have bought a fucking house. <laughs> should have could have bought yeah, it. Doesn't matter. Fuck. Um, so, are we drumming yet? Like, did you come back? Yeah, with yeah, a, yeah. With completely so, inspired. Or yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah. And I really wanted to play drums, and and I had a few lessons with a guy who used to do session work for the Angels and and stuff, and. Yeah, I did three lessons, right? So I went all the way up to fucking Mount Cola up near Hornsby. Which is Hornsby, which right? is a hike back From then. Parramatta. Yeah. Train. And I do these lessons, learn my rudiments and all that sort of shit. And he goes, what I'll do is um, I'll, I'll show you the stuff and then you bring in a song of your favourite album, of your favourite band, and I'll teach you how to play that song. So I, yeah, no worries. So we did three lessons and then I took up Agnostic Front. I was about to say, little did he know what like was coming. Agnostic yeah. Front, Cause for Alarm and some yeah. song on it. And they had a session drummer on that. It was double kicks and triplets. And yeah, right. And I remember playing it and he just goes, I'm not playing this. This is fucking shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and as soon as he said the word shit, I, like when he said, oh, I'm not going to teach you that, I was like, yeah, right, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as he said, this is shit, I just fucking walked. Stood up and he yeah. goes, what, what are you doing? I said, see ya. I just walked out. Yeah. Go, go fuck yourself. I didn't say that, but yeah. I just, went, just walked out. Fucking caught the train home and played drums on the seat on the train on the way home with my Walkman. Yep. I'm never going to do another lesson again. So then I bought some practice pads yep. and I had a practice pad kit set up in my bedroom and every single night when I got home from work from Darling Harbour, yep. I'd play, you know what I learned to play drums too? 
Simple Minds, double CD, Live in the City of Light. I put on every fucking night and I would play that album because it was simple yeah. and it was in time. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and more fun than playing to a metronome. Well, just learning and just learning how to do fills and then going back into time. Yeah. And then I, I got in a rush for a while. I was listening to Rush and it was funny because all my mates fucking hated Rush because of the singing. It was all falsetto. Yeah. But the drumming was just sensational. And uh, the drummer, Neil Pitts, died this week actually. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, but big influence and there's no way I could ever, ever copy anything he did but I'd make my own versions of his stuff. Okay. And, and go back into time again, you know. And yeah. So I just did that and just every night. And I've got photos of Sean. Well, I lived with Sean who I was in bands with. Yep. And there's photos of him. He, Can I come over, Bibs, and play on your drum kit? And it was practice pads. Just bang, yep. bang, 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 every night. Just bang, bang, bang for years, a couple of years. And so we'd go out drinking and partying. It was me and Sean, the group of us, me and Sean and, and Scotty Mack and, uh, and Pete from Rocks. And we'd, be, we'd go and see Hard-Ons, we'd go see um, Rocks. Uh, Scotty was singing in Bank with Death Mission and UTI at the same time, like around that same time. UTI is under the influence. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah, a yeah. great band, a really fucking good. Uh, and um, and we'd, just go, we'd go to the Lansdowne and we'd get blind and, and watch bands. Yeah. And, and then we'd um, Vulcan Hotel maybe and Annandale Hotel maybe. Well, the Lansdowne was our pub. And, and we got to the stage today they just knew us. Yep. name and would pour our own drinks and <coughs> great fun there. <coughs> and then one night uh, around the middle of 1991, we're at, at the Lansdowne and I think Harlan's had stopped playing or Massapool had stopped playing and we were watching The Mark of Cain, Scream Feeder and some other shit, I don't know. But I'll never forget the three of us looked me, Scott and Sean looked at each other, but this is fucking shit. I remember saying exact words all this this is fucking shit. We can do better than this. Yeah. We okay. can do better than this. We're listening to no effects, bad religion, poison idea, and all the early LA hardcore stuff like ill repute or um, from from uh, Napa Valley or something like Nardcore. that. Nardcore, yeah. yeah. Oxnard. 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 Yeah. Uh, and 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 listening to old bands from you know, the Boston Not LA yep. record, that, which were just thrashed. Yeah. And the Freeze was one of my favourite bands. And and I thought, no, we can fucking do better than this. Fuck this shit. And you know, bands like Articles of Faith and oh god, good stuff, great stuff. And we said, okay, let's book a band. Let's book a band practice. Oh no, that's right. I, I, so I bought a drum kit yeah. from from mutual friends yep. from. Uh, UTI, I bought a Tama Swingstar, and and that and I bought a snare and the snare drum was one of Rob Hurst's old snare drums. Sick. And I said, no, I'm going to do this, and and I've got some tips off the guys that I bought the drum kit off, and now uh, we just went to Rox's old band practice in Ramsgate somewhere. It was called Down Under Studios or something, and it was opposite the hospital there. It was underneath a barbecue joint, and now. Uh, we just started jamming, yeah. Just, just, and that's how toe to toe started. And so our first ever song we ever did was "I'm Not a Loser" from Descendants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did um, "Do What You Want" from Bad Religion. Yep. yep. And then uh, we just started writing our own stuff, and uh, we, and uh, "Big Play" was the next next song we wrote, which was a very rocks type song. And 
yeah. I got photos from that first jam and I just, I'd never sweat so much in my life. Ever. My symbols are so high. Yeah. And so, As was the flavour of the day. no idea, you know, yeah. if you're going to play fast, make them close. Keep them close, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, and uh, yeah, that's how, that's how Toast started. Our very first show was on a Sunday night at the Lansdowne. And I remember driving, and we were all joking about how nervous we were. Like, we'll pretend, we'll, I remember Scott pretending to put a cassette into the cassette player of the car, and he was shaking his hand, like, we're joking, you know, yeah. like, oh, fucking nervous, you know, it was really cool. And we broke the bar record for a Sunday night at the Lansdowne Jesus. on our very, very, very first show. Was yeah, it was good fun. Was there a, with Toe to Toe, was there a, not to say it was contrived, but was there a, was there a goal, like, was there a goal of a was there a sonic goal or was it just like let's just throw shit at the wall well, and six kind of thing? The so- we wanted I don't know because you, you could only play to your limitations. Well, I know I could. Yeah. So I, 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 could, I could, sometimes I get into a drum roll and I couldn't get out of a drum roll. I'm yeah. stuck in the fucking roll. I can't get out. You know. <laughs> and Sean was saying, you know, you, you just you, you'd fuck up or it was Scott. Pete would have had the most experience at the time and Scott was sung in two bands before that. Yeah. Sean and I had never been in a band before. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, absolutely no idea, you know. But I used to warm up before I play. I still do now. Yeah. Um, and, and Sean would get blind drunk before we'd play because he thought he was going to a gig, you know. It's just totally different mindset. We had no idea. And we, we, we it was – at the start, it was play to your limitations. Yeah. We knew what we wanted to sound like was – Big guitar, big sound, yep. heavy, hardcore punk. Yeah, which was that was it. That's what the hardcore meant. Was it was punk music? And so yeah. I think I've, I've I've read interviews with Scott to this day, and he says that you know we didn't start off as a hardcore band. It was yeah, it was punk music. Yeah, but the hardcore yeah, hardcore yeah, aspect just, of just it. Yeah, fucking heavy, big sound, and the fuck you attitude. You know, yeah. and it just grew from that. That was the end of ninety one. Yeah, and we did that. And we did our uh, – and I remember going on tour, our first ever uh, – we did – we played a show at Glee Rowers Club and there was a band from Geelong called the Pop and Mummers. Who were okay, and, yeah, yeah. And we just loved them and, and we just got on well with them. They were just funny dudes, you know, the type of dudes that would go to the men's toilet and grab a toilet lolly and fucking chew it and throw Jesus. it into the crowd. <laughs> They're fucking nuts. But And we got on so well with them. We were all drinking and having a great time. And the meanies were playing a lot around the same time then. Yep. And the Papa Mummers were doing a, t- a Melbourne Geelong tour with the Meanies and they rang us up and they said, we'll fly you guys down and take you on tour with us. You can open for us, but that that's your payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, fuck yeah, no worries. Yeah. So flew down my drum kit. We flew down all that gear. Jesus. Yeah. It was fucking great. Yeah. And, um, and we played some big shows in, in Croydon with Christbait and Spiderbait and we played the Great Britain and... Um, my first ever tour, yeah, played at the Art House, was called the Royal Artillery then, and and, and then we, we met some people in Brisbane, and that we did the same, we played Gold Coast in Brisbane, and, and I remember, I'll never forget, we t- I turned up at the Gold Coast, I played at some pub, and then afterwards, it was, oh, we're having a party at our house, and we turned, I remember we walked into the backyard of this party, and people cheered, I was just like, yay, wow. and I was like, wow, this is great, like, this is really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah, really, really good. So what did you record on with Toe to Toe? Well, we did our first seven-inch Slap Reality. Yeah, yeah. And then we did another seven-inch Unanimous Points Decision. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then we did a split, uh, a 
a split? No, no, we did a, a compilation for Zen called... Um, we did a song called Force on that. And then we, Sean started his own label up. Yeah. Well, it was on our own label anyway, but Punch Drunk, but Sean started up No Deal. Yeah. Well, before that, uh, we, we did we, Circle Storm. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the last thing I played on. Yeah. So, and then I left about end of 93. Okay. Yeah, and then... Uh, Bill or well, Billy left first. Yep. So, uh, uh, and then, yeah, Billy left first, and then I left. Um, Sean and I left. Was there a crossover of Billy doing toe to toe and downtime? No, 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 no. He left. That was it. He had enough. And then um, w- I think we we, we trolled Justin. Yep. For one jam, and then there was a bit of an argument one night one at a at a uh, a gig. Not, not one of our gigs. And Sean said to me, he goes, Bibs, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm not going to do this anymore. I said, yeah, cool. And, I, and Pete said to me, oh, I'll ring you during the week. Do you want to do it or not? And he rang me during the week. I said, nah, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. It just wasn't fun anymore. So, yeah. <coughs> so yeah, so Pete stayed on with Justin and Scott and then they had – that's when – they started doing their own, their own thing yeah, and then yeah. Billy and Sean did downtime. Yeah. And I, and I really liked downtime. I thought, fuck, that was – oh, I really, I really wanted to play drums for downtime. But um, Brendan, he was great. He's a human metronome drummer. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a really, really good bloke too. So I got – I actually became bigger friends with Billy after I left – after we both left Toe to Toe. Yeah. We were inseparable. And, yeah, right. and we got up to so much mischief. <laughs> Of course you did. <laughs> and I, I just met his sister a couple of weeks ago and, and, and hadn't seen her for 20 years and we had the biggest hug and, yeah, it was yeah. really cool. So, yeah, so Billy and Sean were doing downtime, yeah, and uh, I was doing – I wasn't doing anything for a while. And then I got together with the guys from SUX, were like a thrash metal band from the eight, late 80s, the, the, the Jump and Sucks brothers, Lyle and Al. And uh, a guitarist from a band called a Kui band called Ca- Casualty, which we all liked. Yeah. And we just started jamming, and those guys really taught me about timing and and perfection. Yeah. In, in your work and, and and a work ethic. Yeah. Which was good because I needed it, and I never. And then, so it was me, Alan, and Lyle. Chris from Casualty didn't do it. Didn't want to do it anymore. And we were jamming and just playing music and that. And then we we sat down. I'll never forget this. I said, okay, what type of music we're going to play? We're going to do what, like, at the time, there was Sick of It All just done that second album. You had the big one. The, um, uh, Scratch the Surface? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is just the sound. Monstrous. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, that was good. Yeah. And you also had um, Sepultura just done Chaos AD okay. and, and all that. And, and then, but then also there's the poppy stuff as well, the melodic stuff. You know, you, you had No Effects and Green Day and. Um, uh, snuff. Yeah. So is this yeah. post like post that '94 grunge? This, oh, this was '94. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. was '94. So I was right. Yeah. And so I and so I said to Lyle and Alan, I said, "What do you want to do? Do you want to do the heavy stuff, which I know we can do because they did thrash metal with SUX and I did toe to toe." Yeah. But I I played um, I played uh, ribbed. Yeah. Right. To <laughs> Alan and Lyle. And they just went, fuck, this is amazing. You yeah. know? I said, well, do you want to do that? And I was over skulls and angry shit and yep. and, and tough guy basketball shit. I was just over it. Yeah. You know? 
And I thought, well, we'll do the melodic stuff. And they really wanted to get into singing and doing harmonies and that. Okay. So we, we started Crank and did that and we and it kicked off. And we did a couple of harbour cruises and then we got a letter in the mail offering a contract for a record and a, and a tour date, tour deal for a certain amount of money and plus a, an advance. And we said, oh, how about we just put it all together and we'll do a record and we'll do a European tour. And they said, yeah, cool. What label? One, was that One, one Foot? Yeah. Were they a European label or American? I thought they were American for some reason. Uh, uh, and how does that come about? Well, the, the, there was a, a, an old guy who had given his son a grant, I think, <laughs> okay, for yeah. his 21st. He said, I'll give you a record label. And he, wow. he, was, he was part of a record label that did classical music oh, in okay, Europe, yeah, right? Yeah. His name was Klaus. Yep. Nice guy too. And so was Rick from One Foot. Really, really. And we just we did a harbour cruise and Rick was on the harbour cruise. And he, and oh, he was, out in the, he was out here at the time. He was something. out here at the time. He yeah. s- he s- and he saw us and he saw Blitz Babies and he sent us both letters. And he said, I'll give you a certain amount of money for another record. Yep. I'll give you a certain amount of money for merch and I'll give you a certain amount of money for a tour. And so I said, I wrote back and I said, yeah, cool. We'll throw our own money in as well for the record and we'll put the merch money and the tour money together and we'll go to Europe, thank you. And, yeah, no worries. Yeah. So, 1997, we, he booked us 35 shows in 34, 34 shows in 35 days, <laughs> 10 countries. Jesus. And it was a time of my life. That was with Skank and Pickle? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. whole tour? or whole tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was based, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was... How did you how did you handle going on a tour with Skank and Pickle being a ska punk band and you weren't that into them? Oh, like well, into the sound. Yeah. I mean, you get well over, at the yeah. time, that, that, it was just I was just in awe of the touring. What I, was happening? I, all I wanted to do in my whole life was yeah. play drums and tour, right? And and and, and uh, we weren't getting paid. They didn't pay us, but but we got fed. You turn up at the venue and you got yep. fed. And you had a you had a bed. Oh, and, and, we got, and we got blind every night, you know. And it was just it was just amazing. I'll I'll never ever forget after about three or four nights picking up a traps case with Alan, and we were so tired, like like your mind just changes. And I remember saying, "Are you tired?" He goes, "Yeah, you're fucked." And I said, and I just I knew I I, I promised that I wouldn't let the team down. And I said, "Yep." Picked up that fucking case and 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 your mind changes. You, you'll yeah. you'll turn up. You 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 do okay. So you get you play your show. You get blind. You have a great time. You pack everything up. You take all the shit. You either sleep at the venue on the stage on on. Uh, they roll out mats like uh, oh, wow. like gym mats and <laughs> yeah. you sleep sleep on the floor on the stage. Do whatever, they just lock you in there and lock you in? Or yep. and then they'll feed you in the morning. You know, it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty cool. You wake up in the Alps and yeah. in a gym or something, or or they'll put you up in a dorm, or the venue will have a dorm next to it, like behind it, and yeah. so there'll be bunks and stuff. So you just get blind and pass out, and then you pack all the gear. Or if you start at a hotel, you pack all the stuff in the van, and then you you get back to the hotel and you, okay, so do we unpack it? put all the shit in the bedroom so nothing gets yeah, knocked so off gets or do you just into, back yeah. it into a corner? Yeah. So you toss that up. So you get to sleep about four and you wake up at fucking 10 or 11 and then you drive for three to four hours. You get to the venue at five, meet everybody. How you going? Rinch you know, have a fucking drink. Yeah. Here's another crate of beer. Here's some more cheese and ham. Here's some more chocolates. And then you do the show. and, then, and, and Sleep on the floor. It, yeah, and it... it 
34 days. And it was, it was insane. You know, we played up 600 kilometres south of the Arctic Circle up in Sweden. Jesus. And yeah. we played <laughs> down south. The furthest south we got was Milan okay. in Italy and in, in, in playing with scar bands in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, getting pizzas made for us by Indian guys who were trying to talk to the Indian guys in Crank. Italian, yeah. Italian and it just, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Complete loss in translation. I, 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 yeah, I was single, I lost weight. I was, it was, yeah, the time of my life. Yeah, yeah. So the crank lasted? Crank lasted a while, actually. Yeah. It was, it I was, was say. well, we did, we, we'd go to Melbourne and then we'd go to Brisbane and then we'd, we'd do that every two weeks or three weeks yep. now, or six weeks. Uh, we did, then we did uh, another album and then Lyle and Alan decided they wanted to go to India and fucking sell Amway or something. Yeah, so I'm not going down that road. But uh, And then... They, was, they there, was there more to it? Like, without getting too personal, I'm going to cut this yeah. bit out. But, like, I always thought it was... I always kind of was sold the story of... They went, they went back to India because they wanted to kind of reconnect. No. It was not... No. <laughs> it wasn't that romantic. Absolutely not. <laughs> they, they got into that Amway thing. Okay. And... Amway was banned in India and then it got opened up. The government said, oh, you will open it up. And they thought that they would start Amway in India and that is the honest truth. And I and we just recorded an album. Yeah. I went, are you fucking kidding me? So what? What? I'm just – I've got this album here. Yeah. And the pop punk thing was probably just starting to go down. Yeah. Right? So this was probably not – this was probably – Oh, 99. Okay. 2000 probably. Yeah, yeah the spark yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah, it was just yeah. like, we were pushing it anyway. Some t- and like, the big bands at the time were Body Jar. Big uh, Australian, yeah, Frenzel. Yeah, for, yeah Frenzel, Body Liv- Jar. Living End would have blown up. Living End were yeah. over, that, that were out of that league. Yeah, right. Yeah, even the manager jumped from Body Jar to Living End. Oh, Ray right. Harvey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And... And then even NoFX, when NoFX come out, I saw Mike in, in 98 and 99 or something when they came out. And, with uh, Snuff? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I said, no, nah, no, it was with the one before that, I think. Anyway, um, I gave him a, the demo of it and yep. he goes, is it good? I said, well, yeah. And I remember him just going, are you playing? And I said, oh, not at the moment. And, he yeah. just, and I saw his face just go, yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I knew it was over. Yeah. Absolutely over. Um, so I started – I. Um, got into uh, started hanging out with Sean and Tomo, and they were doing ABO. Yep. And they said, "Oh, do you want to join ABO?" I said, "Yeah, fucking oath." And got got into that and started doing ABO. Oh, backtrack a little bit before that. Sean and I did a thing called Boiling Point for a while. With, okay. Uh, like a cover band, we did a couple of shows, four or five shows with Greg Spiral singing and. Um, uh, Guy from Minute Minder on guitar, and but then just got his Jamie on guitar, and then Luke Dolan sang for a while, and it was good. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. What kind of covers? Yeah, yeah, DYS, and, yeah, right. and That's um, awesome. yeah, yeah, DYS, and um, and Agnostic Front, and MDC, which is a whole bunch of covers. Yeah. yeah, and just played a couple of parties. That was pretty good fun. So, so I kept fit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then Pete, Pete rang me up once and said, "Oh, do you want to jam with Rocks?" Because when I was in toe to toe with Pete. 
when we were warming up, we'd play a couple of rock songs, yeah, me and see. Pete, like okay. Burnout and all the fast stuff. So in 96, Pete said, oh, do you want to do, do a rock show at the Sandow? And Sean booked it and, and it was cranking the rocks at the Sandow. Sandow. And that uh, was fucking great. And it went off. And I thought, this is great. And, I, and, and as corny as it sounds, I remember before back on the drumming bed with the, with the fucking Venetian blinds, yeah, yeah. I used to do that to rocks. Songs. That's fucking great. Yeah, before yeah. I could even play a drum. Yeah. And I still tell Bill and Pete that, that story today, you know. And it's, it's corny as hell. I've been in that band since 1996. Yeah. And it was a band I always wanted to... It, sure. You know, yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. We're going to go off script. Not off script yeah. a bit. Yeah. We're going to do something that has never... Oh, not really ever happened before on the podcast after 45 episodes. We're going to pick six songs. Because there's a there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a large big, gap. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, speak for yourself. I'm still 38, so you know. Yeah, but uh, so let's we're gonna pick a song that everyone's gonna of, hate it. That's cool. Everyone's gonna hate that's it. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's all right. That's you, you never know. There's probably and it goes a, for nearly five minutes. Look, Jeez. I've had I've had a 19 minute jazz Aussie <laughs> on here before, so like whatever. People know how to do the 30 second skip button, so let's let's go with it. Yeah. So tell us what you picked. All right, so I picked uh, uh, the Spirit of Radio, and it's by a band called Rush, a Canadian band, who the drummer Neil Pert was my idol, and I'd never even hoped to be able to play anything like him, but he was my idol, and he recently passed away, yeah, and broke the heart of many a prog rocker. And this was their only hit ever on, on um, Canadian and American radio. Oh, right. So okay. Yeah, so this is their only radio hit. And it's called The Spirit of Radio. And it's about being in a band and uh, it's not it's not, not all what you think it is. Like, and pretty much like touring. Yeah. You know? It's just like I've got to find a bed. I just got you, you, You'll turn up at a place and, oh, there's a spot I can have a nap. I can have a nap. Have a little kip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a spot I can hide my, my food and my beer and have a sleep. Let's check it out. Yeah, anyway, Spirit of Radio Rush. Let's do it. Well, fuck that. Fuck that. Everyone's going to hate that. The fucking, they're going to hate, the, hate the, the vocals. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It yeah. sounds more like, um, who does that? What's that big Sopranos? Not, who oh, does yeah, the Sopranos yeah, yeah. song? Journey. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, Journey. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah, like Journey, yeah, which is yeah, not what yeah, I expected. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it was big on, on the radio. Yeah, of course. But they, yeah. they've got another song called Tom Sawyer, which just starts off with the big drums, but then the vocals again. See, everyone's going to hate the vocals, man. It doesn't matter. Another song, I'm going to play Limelight. Okay. Which... It's, it's better and it's got better drumming in it and it's also my favourite Rush song. Let's do it. All right, See. Limelight. Cool.
So uh, I hope that didn't put too many people to sleep. People, but that's the drumming that, that people are gonna. People are never gonna see that what I witnessed, which was you air drumming <laughs> slash air operatic singing to my wife, to your wife, and she was rolling actions. her eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many times she's don't fucking do that while I'm talking to you, and I just, <laughs> mate, you got you got to do it. Can't, I can't I'm sorry. They, they are the biggest. Fault. They are the biggest air drumming band. Yeah. Next to Iron Maiden, I reckon. And. What's interesting in listening to that, <laughs> and I was—I've never been into them. Nah, look, no but, one is. No, no. Well, yeah. so here's the thing, right? 
um, Chris Hanna, who now from Propaganda, who now mm. does a podcast, well, a very mm. sporadic podcast, often references them. Yeah. When in the in the context of like, um, don't you know, not don't listen to punk rock, but like don't listen to punk rock for influence. Take this, like you know, we yeah. listen to Rush oh. all the time. Yeah, that's why we sound like what we do, yeah. and that's why we don't sound like. Yeah. No effects or Pennywise yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, because yeah. they didn't listen to Rush, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, but we do, yeah. and and it completely. And after listening to that, it completely comes through. Yeah, and, like, and same with like Iron Maiden. Like, I didn't even talk about Iron Maiden before, but yeah. I, when I was in high school, I, Iron Maiden was probably that the link between Kiss and punk. Yeah, like, I remember when they came out in '83, and I went and saw them at Parramatta Westfields. For God's sake, oh, that's how small they were. Signing or something? Signing records. Jesus. They were signing Killers and Number of the Beast. Okay. And I never saw it, didn't see them. I didn't see them. The first time I saw them was in uh, 2008 or nine when they did the, the, the Hits tour. Yeah, yeah, And then I took my wife for her birthday present. As she reckons it's one of the best birthday presents ever. I took, them to, took her to see Iron Maiden awesome. and Bruce actually sang to her eye to eye. And <laughs> to that <laughs> day, right. she's just gone, that's the best birthday present ever. Anyway, so... Listening to like Iron Maiden and I mean, I mean I can't drum like Nico McBrain or yeah. Neil Peart, but fuck, it just gives you inspiration to yeah. not just go, you know, just try something different. And you saw it with the air drumming. I can do it in the air. So Killers was the um, I always got pitched as Killers was like the punk album. Like, would you with, agree with, with that? With Diano singing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, not like, yeah, 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 like, not like, like Mohawk punk. No, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. no. Well, that was their pub rock album. Oh, yeah. okay, right. Yeah, pub rock. There's, there's, a, there's a really good BBC doco which I downloaded and they explained that it was very interesting how they explained the, the pub rock phenomenon in the late 70s and how that turned into punk. Okay. As well, big part of punk and pub rock's huge in England. Yeah. It still is now when you, when you go there. So, yeah, I reckon so Kill, what Killers are, what, would be their pub rock album. What are, other pu- what are other pub rock bands that would then go into kind of, you know, dovetail into punk rock? Um, uh, Ian, G- Ian Jury and the oh, Blockheads, okay, yeah, that type right. of stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah. So all the stuff that like played that. on the young ones kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably Motorhead probably even. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah, yeah. So where are we? We've we've done your tour. We've done your crane tour. The, yeah. the gents went to India. Yeah. We did an album and didn't release it. And then uh, one of them came back and we got cranked back together with Rob from Tuscan Raiders. That's right. Who's a good friend of ours. Yep. And, um, and the three of us did that and for a while and then we... Alan came back from India and Rob jumped from bass to guitar. guitar Second yeah. time we got to got to support uh, Snuff. We could support a lot of really good bands. We supported Sex Pistols in 96. With Civ? With, yeah, with, no, Civ was dead. No, Civ. Civ C- and C- Goldfinger? No, it was, no, it was sorry, it was, uh, Goldfinger and Skunk and Nancy. Why am I Yeah, it wasn't Civ. No, we didn't do Civ. Okay. But we, we, um, Heaps of heaps of heaps of those fucking melodic punk bands um, at the time. Uh, what's that, that band that come out all the time and they'll 
that clip where they're throwing people over all millions of gutter mouse shows and what's that uh, the clip where they're throwing what throw, the guys walking down the street and he's oh unwritten law unwritten law we yeah, did their yeah, very yeah. first their very first tour we yeah, supported yeah. them at the Annandale um, oh was that that show yes yeah. I remember that because yeah, yeah yeah that was around the warp tour yeah, yeah around around then yeah. we did the very first warped show yep. which was a free a free oh, test, test at Redfern. Oh, was that that? Yeah, yeah. it was living yeah. in body jar, face to face. Yeah, and face to face. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about face to face, <laughs> when I was in toe to toe, Sean wrote to face to face because the names. Yeah. and Sent them a toe to toe seven inch. Yeah. And they sent us uh, don't don't. What's the first seven inch? Not don't turn away. That's the album. Um, they sent us the first. Oh, it's uh, on the walk, fucking walk, different... walk away. Or yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So. We're setting up at the Vic on the Park one night, toe to toe, and um, we, we put a, a cassette on on the desk, and it was face to face. Yeah. And I'm setting up my drums, and Sean looks at me, and goes, "Hey, Bibs, have a look at the crowd." And it was people dancing on the dance floor to the setup music because wow. we'd have a setup tape. Yeah. And it was face to face at the time, and like there was these girls all dancing. So that I reckon. So that would be '92. Okay, that's the start of when punk was going mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People just come dancing to the mixtape that we made for ourselves. Yeah, well, that's pretty, you know, like a like a little twinkle there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we was yeah. So so yeah. I remember. <laughs> I really liked Face to Face, and I really liked the guys. And we played. I remember playing, and the guys from Face to Face were on the side of the stage watching us, and yeah, they, yeah. they really liked a thumbs up sort of shit, and then. We were down at the merch area. We just had vans set up yep. and, and we were selling merch out of the vans. And the guys from Face to Face go, hey, what band are you in? I said, oh, Crank. He goes, oh, I can't wait to see you guys. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you just watched us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just, yeah, yeah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you know. cool. Okay, well, thank you. You don't know who we are. <laughs> yeah. You don't care. So but. that show, I mm. fucking, for some reason, read the flyer wrong or like the drum media ad wrong and paid $45 for it, fuck. Not realizing. It so the forty five dollars got you into like where the trains were and shit. There yeah. was like a big music expo thing in oh, there. Oh, right. And I thought it was. Like, I didn't you even had know to, about that. Yeah, yeah, you had to pay. Like I thought you had to pay for everything. I turn up and people were like, no, it was free. Like no, sorry. And I remember being there, going, where do they take our ticket to see the bands? I was like. <laughs> Because there's the road and you can just kind of cruise yeah. on in. And and there was that band Loki. Remember them? Yes. They like, Northern Beaches. Like, yeah, like they knew, their dad knew someone or knew someone. Or, one of the, yeah. the only two bands oh. who ever got Manly Youth Centre support shows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did one Manly – I think I did one Manly Youth Centre. Okay. Or was it Engadine? I don't know. It's the same thing. It was the Friends. It was huge. Yeah. It's full of – Undoubtedly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kids throwing up on themselves and fingering each other. Yeah, the back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So where are we up to? We played with Snuff, which was a dream come true for me. Yeah. Because I, I never wanted us to be that stop-start poppy punk yeah. thing. I, I didn't want to be part of that. I, 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 wanted, I wanted it to be melodic but heavy like Snuff were. Like yeah. Snuff, a leather face. Yeah. And, and just bands that, that had melody but balls. Yeah. You know? Uh, but uh, I don't know. It just – sometimes it's just – it's it's not what you what you do. It's it's just the hand of fate just will not. And 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 if you don't realise that, you're going to be perpetually disappointed in life and think, oh, yeah. why isn't it me? You know. Well, okay, one inch punch and body jar got there and living end got there and um, fucking bands like one dollar short and good on them, great. Yeah. And you might work just as hard and. 
it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's cool. You've just got to be, you've got to be able to say, well, that's cool. You had a good time anyway. You yeah. put a record out, you went overseas. And we yeah. did another European tour and we did two weeks in Europe. As a four-piece? Yep. Yep. <coughs> and we played with a British band called Four Foot Fingers. Okay. And they were great. Top, like still friends to this day with them. And we did two weeks in Europe and we'd alternate headlining yep. each night. Played to no one. And then we did a, a month in England. And then we supported them. Yep. And we played one night. We played at eight people. Next play we played at eight hundred. So Jesus. And they were they were about as big as Body Jar were here at the yeah. time. So great times. But I realised then that's when not I didn't feel old, but I just we were playing at kids sometimes. Yeah. And I and I, I like playing to, to dudes and blokes and smoky bars. And, yeah. And and knock about guys. Not to fucking kids running around playing chasings, <laughs> shit like that, yeah. and, and oh, bite like can I, can you sign my record? Like yeah, yeah, sure. Oh great, I'm gonna sell this on eBay now. Jeez. You know, or and, and it got worse. Yeah. It got worse. It was like underage girls. Oh, we'll show you our tits if you let us backstage. Yeah, and nice. and like our our road manager go Bibsy, and I look because not Bibsy, don't do it. Like yeah. well, so I fucking didn't want to do it, but it was just like. And he told me a story about those same chicks got an American band in a lot of trouble. Like yeah. they, they, they did that trick on them and the mother of one of those girls found their camera oh, and Jesus. found the film yeah. and got in touch with immigration. So when the American band goes to fly out of Gatwick or Heathrow, immigration pulled them up. Uh, waiting for them. Child, yeah. child pornography charges. Jesus. So fuck, I didn't want any... The guy, my, my Mark, the guy, the road manager just goes... Stay away from those fucking idiots, yeah. you know. And I thought, I don't want to fucking do this. And yeah. I remember I remember playing shows to, at, in Middlesbrough to 600 people. And we played, there was this other fucking support band, like, and they were, the British were just a little bit behind everything. And they were dressing up like Californians and it was fucking freezing cold and yeah. they had <laughs> yeah. the bleached hair. And it was just... Like the Blink One Eight Two fucking midgets, yeah. and it was just like oh, singing about jerking off and all that. I thought, oh, fuck this. I was like twenty six or twenty seven. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, you know. But I still wanted to play. But I, I, I knew that was that, that was yeah. I sort of grew up. Not, you know what I mean? It was yeah, just. Yeah. It was just. It was just. It, it could be. It can be weird when you just like, you look at. I'd, the I'd gotten go, what I'd. I'd gotten yeah. what I wanted. I always wanted to put out a seven-inch record. I always wanted to do a touring with Australia. I luckily did the world twice. Yeah. So I'd done everything. Absolute fortunate life. Nothing to be, uh, you know, um, uh, resentful about. Yeah. So totally. So I decided at the last show. Playing with Crank, that, uh, and we'd had some big fights too. You yeah. Know, uh, after uh, different for different reasons with 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 Brent, with uh, Lyle and Alan, and I thought I'm going to quit. Yeah. Fuck this! I'm not doing this anymore. So I got back from Europe and um, had a good look at myself, good talk to myself, and so you don't need to do this shit, you know. And then I uh, started jam with AVO again, and yeah, just doing punk shows, you know, and just just fucking enjoying life and enjoying people and. Not it was just, and you could just see it, all that shit collapsing. Oh, I remember, remember when Avail came out with Lagwagon? Yes, ninety eight. Yeah, and Crank supported them yes. at the Metro. Yes, oh yes, right, yeah, absolutely. You and did. it was Fuck. great, and I loved Avail. Oh, I dude. loved everything about them. Yep. And and I remember jamming. We, we did a matinee show, and then yeah, it was, I was a night show. Yeah. yeah. 
and in between, the one of the the guitarists from Avail was jamming, and I was setting up a drum kit for the night show, and we jammed and we played simple song simple together, song. Yeah. and I I have still got tingles talking about it, you know, and that that, and but, um, I uh, remember you telling me that story and going, that's the greatest, uh, that's uh, the greatest, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but what what, I, what I'm getting to in the story was um. The, the singer from All You Can Eat, um, Devin, we, was on the side of the stage when Lagwagon were playing and All You Can Eat had done, done almost, they're like Crank, they, they just almost got there yeah. but never did, you know. They came out with Propagandy, they didn't stay at my, Sean and my house and yep. all that a couple of years before and then and then it blew up, you know, that pop punk shit blew up, you know, you know dickhead bands like Goldfinger and just, oh, fucking rubbish. Yeah. I remember Devin Lagragon playing, and they were great guys, and they're good at what they do and everything. And Devin looked at me, and goes, "Bibs, it's over. It's all over in it." Because we looked at the crowd, and it was full of fucking kids playing chasings, and that was me. Yeah, <laughs> that no. was me. <laughs> it was just—it was like going to this fucking school dance, you yeah. know. And, oh. and it was just like, "Fuck, where's the punk? Where's the fucking fuck you?" It yeah. was—it was like. All the bands had fucking logos of chocolate bars and shit. And, yeah. and, and it was just like, fuck off. You know, where's the mongrel? Where's yeah. the... And I just went, am I too old for this shit? And I go, no, nah, we play an AVO show down the road and kids are fucking smashing the fuck out of yeah. each other and, you know, getting tattooed on their fucking heads and <laughs> doing homemade tats and skate ramps out the back. And I thought, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's... um, yeah. It's really interesting that... Yeah, that... I, you see, when you were coming I mean, out of it, yeah. I was kind of about to be full swing on it. Yeah. 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 But this is not about you, Joel. No, it's, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's definitely not. And I try to, I try to <laughs> fucking put myself into it. But that show, like, that, like, and I'm sure I've said it fucking on a dozen of these episodes, that show was a pivotal moment for me where I was like, I was there to see Lagwagon. Yeah, no yeah, idea. yeah. Knew, oh, really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. right. I yeah. knew Crank and I remember... Oh, look, um, we didn't expect anyone to know us. We're on first. Fuck. But like, you know. oh, yeah, it wasn't there for you. Yeah. But like, I remember like being there for Lagwagon, yeah. bought the shirt before they played, yeah, yeah, da, da, yeah. da 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 But Avail, what'd you think of Avail? That was like, I like I was like looking at it going, just the what the fuck emotion. is Emotion. Yeah. Like, Bobo... Flashing his dick at an all age show, yeah, like was yeah. like, this yeah, right, is yeah. this is my, like Didn't this is the mongrel that. that you were that you yeah, were wanting, yeah. and I was like, holy fuck, yeah, what is this? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's that was a show, like yeah. that was a I can fucking yeah. put a pinpoint in that I, show. I remember when, when um, Agnostic Front came out the first time, and I remember watching him at the at the Annandale, and I was standing up the back on the pool table, and I was singing so loud to every single song, and then I remember. Unwritten Lord played there a couple of weeks before, and I just remember going, "Oh, what the fuck is uh, yeah. more fucking?" I remember that they, they put uh, blankets over the taps of the bar because it was an all ages show at the Annandale. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I was just going, "Fuck!" The, just the contrast, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and then going right back to why I got into it in the first place because I wanted that angry mongrel. Because when when I got into punk rock in eleven and twelve, when I went back to school, oh, suddenly didn't st- I suddenly stopped getting bullied. Yeah, punk was scary. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Now they're wearing chocolate fucking bars on their <laughs> shirts, and and stupid comments about you know fucking pulling your pants down and you know can't oh. can't fly a plane though, can you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's that? <laughs> the fucking drummer of Blink One Eight Two. 
Oh dear, I did. Yeah. <laughs> this is what people pay for. These kind yeah. of, well, you know, we're how many? Or a couple in, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's what people pay for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so my name's Bibbs. Yeah, and you know, yeah. we've still got something to go. <laughs> so, yeah. So where are we? Yeah. So I was finished the crank, doing AVO, uh, really enjoying it, and then uh, yeah, we put a couple of seven inches out around yeah. 98, 99, 2000. Uh, Oh, yeah, I must have been doing AVO and then did Crank again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I went back to AVO and then did a couple of rock. We do a rock show every year that Sean had put on the, sh- the Hardcore Super Bowls. Yep, yeah, yeah. And we play rocks and play once a year. That was good fun. Yeah. Um, did a couple of rocks recordings. We did – I did a split – we did a split with the Loudmouths from San Francisco. That yep. was great. And then yeah, Amber yeah. and I went to San Francisco in 2000 and, and the loudmouths were playing, and they got me up sta- on stage to play Kamikaze Twist and uh, uh, Kick Her Out, or I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was great. That was awesome. really good fun. So, Crank um, Games, you're doing yeah, rocks? Oh, I, yeah, doing I did rocks. I was doing rocks for a while, and then um, I, I, I wasn't, I had a break from AVO, yeah. and uh, I did Demolition High Style for a little while with Scott Mack. Did you really? Yeah, so I was in the States in 2000, and Scott rang up and said, oh, do you want to play drums for us? It's not punk, it's sort of rock and roll-ish yeah. with Nick Choppiano and, yep. and, and, uh, and Gareth. Um, and so I came back and did Demolition High Style for about a year or two. Okay. And that, and that was that was fun. We did a couple of good shows, um, played with some good bands, um, and then did AVO again. So it's just a family. When you, you come know. in, when you do AVO and then don't do AVO, are they getting someone else? Or are they they are had they a drummer, yeah, okay. Sean. Drum, they had a, um, a little more metallic drummer, yep. double kicks and that, but didn't really suit their style yeah. um, for a while. They did that when I was doing Demolition okay. and, and Crank. There was one stage I was doing three bands and I remember just going through equipment, just yeah. wearing it out. You know, I was do, Yeah, shape. I was doing Crank, Demolition and... and AVL or rocks at the same time, okay. and it was, I just remember just going through drum heads and cymbals and sticks, and yeah, yeah it was terrible. Yeah. Um, then around two thousand and five, um, oh yeah, we did the we did the second crank tour in two thousand two thousand and three, and then around two thousand and five, I, I did Stereo City oh, for yes. a while with Luke Luke and a couple of Myrna and Luke Nibsey and um, Crying Ryan. Yeah. That was fun. I, 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 they wrote some good songs. Yeah. But they were just in a weed too much. Yeah. You know, it was just going, sort of spinning its wheels a bit. The coolest thing I remember, I mean, the music I'm going to put we out did there a good, We did a good EP. Yeah. Good. But the um, the cool, the thing that I think is the coolest and like that you can still, you know, you can show to people and get a wow out of is the fact that Trey Parker or Matt, Matt Stone. Matt Stone wore the, the Stereo City shirt. Yeah, he also wore an AVO shirt as well. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. He, he likes wearing friends' bands shirts. That's fucking wild. So Matt, Matt's a friend of me and Amber. Yeah. Um, through through uh, a mutual friend who was an art director on South Park when it first started. Yeah. And that was who the girl that I stayed with in New York when I was backpacking in 1990. So it's just she rang me up. She, she wrote me a letter one day and says, oh... I'm working on this show called South Park. I reckon you'd love it. This was in around 98. Yeah, 98, yeah. And I remember turning up. I remember walking into um, the Iron Duke one day uh, late and, and I remember the, uh, walking through the crowd 
I said, someone said, oh, Bibs, you're finally here. And I said, yeah, I was just watching South Park on SBS. And I remember some people laughing, going, yeah, that's a fucking great show. And so, yeah, my friend rings, rings me up and she says, um, oh, look, my mate, my boss is coming out to Australia. Can you look after him for, for a week? Yeah. I don't know anyone. And it was Matt and yeah. his girlfriend and, and another guy. Um, and so we, I gave, so met them in Paddington. I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, we're just going to get a car and go to the Gold Coast. I said, don't fucking go to the Gold Coast. Fuck. <laughs> so it's like going to Miami. Yeah. He goes, well, where should we go? I said, well, fucking go to northern New South Wales. Go to Byron. You'll love it. Yeah. I said, don't cross the border. Yeah, so come, come out of my house, and I gave him a wetsuit, boogie board, fins. Yeah, and uh, and they, they were really cool about it, and they went. They had the best time ever. He got a speeding fine. He framed it. Um, comes back to Newtown. Um, no one knew who he was. Yeah, you know? until the movie had just come out. Yeah, and he was just a good friend, and to this day, you know, we only talk once a year, but. We see each other once a year, sort of thing. You know, when he comes out, he visits us, and when I go over there, we visit them. And yeah, when Amber and I got married in two thousand and eight, we dropped into Los Angeles for a week and stayed at his house in in LA. And, um, he's just a good friend, just a really top bloke. And he and he says he goes, if you ever got t-shirts of your band, give them to me, and I'll wear them in interviews. Yeah, because I love wearing my mates' bands in interviews. So the one he picked for Stereo City, that was when he was. Spray painting on the Scientology bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. If that's a if that's yeah. a promo shot you want to get in, that's and I think he's wearing an AVO shirt on Bowling for Columbine. Oh, is he really? I think with the blurters, the one with the the Maltese cross. I think. Okay. But there's definitely a photo of him wearing a, an AVO um, one with the with uh, based on the Maltese cross. Yeah. Cover. Yeah, which is based on an early LA band, which I can't. Oh, oh, not Void. Sean will know. Battalion of Saints? Nah, 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 nah. I can't remember right now. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But yeah. <laughs> With AVO, we based all our, our record covers on early... Punk covers. Punk covers like Fear the Fear Eagle, uh, the Void record. Yep. Um, yeah, except for the first seven inch, the Fuck Positive Hardcore one, which the, all the Melbourne people tried to boycott our tour with. What was that cover? The big fucking goon punk smashing the fuck out of this poetry reading dude. Oh, yes, And it says right. Melbourne emo yes, posse on his T-shirt. And, right. Oh, fuck, it was funny. It just, <laughs> we lit the fuse and it was just like, it was, it was just went exactly as planned. It was just beautiful. And like even the thank you list, we were good friends with everybody down there. Yeah. And, and Sean said, all complaints, send it to the spiral objective. Oh, distro. <laughs> distro or something. And poor old, poor old... Um, Greg, Greg, Greg. He uh, would have copped it. Yeah, he just <laughs> copped it. And, and then we, we we went down to Melbourne uh, with Shank from from Scotland. And, yeah. And people were boy, we were playing at that studios, Richmond Studios or something. And okay. They're all gonna boycott, you know, and they could turn their backs on us when we started playing. And then halfway through, they said, "Oh, this is all right." And turned around, and then we just sat on stage. We said, "Hey, you want to have a chat? Come and have a chat. We're cool." Yeah. And just ask us anything. You know, are we sexist? No. Are we racist? No. Are we violent? Look at us. We're not fucking violent. Yeah, we're too hard to be violent. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. But Tomo just wrote the best lyrics, just like fucking steel cap dental plan, and <laughs> you know, it's just and just once were bouncers and yeah. you know bond. And he was a he was a postie in Bondi, so he just hated everyone because yeah. he just delivered mail to the biggest fuckwits on the planet who lived yep. in Bondi. He just had constant fodder for lyrics. Just people that would you know yeah yeah. So <laughs> we were just. We we weren't we didn't go out to 
fucking hate and piss off, but we didn't do anything that no other band had never done with the lyrics, you know, like yeah. all those early LA hardcore bands, which we loved. Just like a big fuck you. So yeah. like, like that subhuman song. It was yeah. just like that, you know. Uh, yeah, we weren't tough guys. It yeah. just, and we never we never acted tough or anything like that. We, and, and every single person you met that met us said, yeah, they're nice guys. Yeah. You know. That's we, the, we never got in fights. That's ever. the um that's a weird thing from being from a different generation and seeing you guys mm. and seeing you guys as people and seeing you guys as a band. Always seeing the band first and thinking like like I'm like legitimately Scared's probably not the right word, but yeah. like I was on edge. Yeah, yeah. And then meeting you and going, "This could be my older brother." Like this could be the older brother. How beautiful had. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a stage. Yeah, it's a fucking stage. Shakespeare said it. You know. Yeah. It's just like play the stage. I've always loved punk bands that put a show on, like all the bands that used to dress up and 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 I've seen bands that dress up like surgeons with blood all over yep. them and and just. Fuck, maybe that's the Alice Cooper in me. I don't know, yeah, you know. But the theatrics of yeah, it all. bands like Toy Dolls and and just just bands not boring, yeah. you know. And, and and I love I love funny bands that dress up in fucking seventeenth century outfits with wigs and fucking buckles and yeah yeah great stuff. Just going yeah, for it. Yeah, dwarves, you know, all, all sorts of cool shit. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything we've we? missed that uh, you want to kind of tap into? Well, since since getting married and 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 you know as you get on you meet meet new people and and get new stuff as you know as you'd think and uh, my wife got right into soul music and uh, through a mutual friend who DJs soul every Saturday night on the radio and and I liked the soul stuff and I liked a bit of the funk stuff but I never really got into disco okay because it was punk's mortal enemy yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> but, but my wife loves disco and she's actually a really really good disco DJ okay you know? um, but, but so she she came home one day with this 7 inch record well, one day I was at work and I was listening to um listening to the radio and they were talking about this this Cambodian band called the Cambodian Space Project and the the um the singer her dad was in the in the military in in Cambodia, and he was a tank driver, and he'd come back and he wouldn't listen to music, and he had this all this sixties music, and and back in the, before the Vietnam War, the Indochina at that time, like Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, and Thailand, had a rockin' swingin' sixties garage scene. Yeah. So she found all these records, and she said, "Fuck, we should we should do this stuff," and they they made this band and played this record. And it was really cool listening to it. And then uh, I forgot about it. And about a, literally a week later, my wife comes home with this seven inch of Cambodian Space Project. She goes, This is great. And puts it on. And I was just like, Yeah, this is awesome. You know, and at the time I was getting into um, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings yep. and all that Dap Tone stuff. Yeah. And Charles Bradley and, um, oh, uh, escapes me right now. But anyway, all the Daptone stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just, just something to clear the mind. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be yelling. I listen to very little modern hardcore punk, yeah. modern stuff. And I don't mean to be rude about it, but I've heard it before. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's awesome that you're doing it. And But it, if I listen to it, I go, oh, yeah, that's, that's this and that's this and that's this. And, you, and I you, reckon... You find the derivative of yeah, it. Yeah, and I yeah. reckon... All I can say is keep doing it yeah. and do, 
you know, and who the fuck am I anyway? Yeah. You, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. When you came over to pick me up, I was listening to Guns and Wankers. And I had, yes. And because I hadn't heard it for ages, so yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to play this. But before that, I was listening to Thin Lizzy. So, yep. you know. But I can't put up someone's demo on and uh, uh, I just can't, <laughs> you know. And I don't want to sound like a dick I'm not, and I really don't. It's just – it just doesn't do anything for me. That makes you know? sense. Yeah. yeah, you know. And and I try and I watch support bands um, and, and usually I do like them because they're usually good. Yeah. To, 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 to play, but sometimes you just go, oh, God, come on. You know, we don't want your fucking war. Yeah. You know, no. You know, I, I should stop talking because I, I don't want to be negative. No, no, no. But there's like, you know, you're, it's not like you're 21 and saying, oh, fuck all these new bands or whatever. It's like you've actually lived it yeah, several times but, but over. But who, who the fuck am I to say that you can't? Well, you shouldn't yeah. do it. And yeah, I'm not no, saying you shouldn't yeah. do it. I'm saying go, go nuts. Yeah, go yeah. nuts. Play, it's just not for you. Play, play exploited. Play fuck the USA. Yeah. You fucking go out there and you do it, you know, and you do your punk's picnic yep. and, and absolutely fucking go for it, you know. Get a rat, fucking go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just I'm getting on now. <laughs> As we do. And I've got greener pastures. So anyway, yeah. so um, look, I think I'll go out with, with Cambodian Space Project. See. With... with uh, uh, a, a pretty cool song and it's got some great drumming in it and it's just swinging 60s but with Khmer vocals. So Wow. Yeah, so thank that's you. it. Thank I, you. I think that's it. Thank you. Look, thank you Look, It's very been long. Much. Yeah, it's okay. And mate, we've got some more stories if you want. But you can call me back another day, you know, but thank you so much. I've, I've, I've been listening to your stuff and just going, oh, how am I, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And... Yeah, so thanks a lot. It I've really, just, really enjoyed it. It comes out, and look, I hope this is. I hope people those too. Some, somewhat therapeutic for you as well. Yeah, just yeah, just it's made me thirsty. Well, yeah, <laughs> see that, yeah. I hope people like it. Yeah, you know. Oh, they will. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. It's just making people happy. Yeah. You know, I have one wedding vow: make her laugh once a day, whether it's a joke, yep. or doing the helicopter. <laughs> or you know, or doing you, or tickling her, or doing a hair drumming once she wants me to, yep. to fucking pull the blinds down, you know. But yep. you just got to do it. You got to make people laugh, mate. You do. You know, right. you got to make them laugh. And so, um, hopefully, I'll make you laugh with this song anyway. So thanks a lot, Jolly. Fuck yeah, love you. Bye.
Thanks very much for listening. Always appreciated. Um, you know, that's all I can say. Thanks very much. Hopefully, see you next week. If you made it all this way, um, go back and listen to another episode. Cool. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling. Like their father or their dog just died. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you love me, baby. Everybody knows that you really do. But there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it
in Malibu. Everybody knows it's coming upon. Take one last look at this sacred heart before it blows. And everybody knows. Everybody knows.